0: <laughs> Yo, what's up, Gerard? What's up, Barry? <laughs> We're back. We're back. <laughs> We're back. How, how you been? Good. How are you, man? I'm doing really well. Thanks for asking.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me back. I wasn't, Gerard. <laughs> I wasn't expecting to come back so soon. I know.
0: Yeah. I'm so thrilled that you came by to hmm. talk about Metroids and stuff. Anytime, man. Um, Anytime. It's it's because I, I watched your... Uh, your review of metroid samus returns and was like if there's anyone that i can talk to about this game it's gonna be gerard yeah man who's played this game more than probably the people that made it <laughs> um, at, at least
1: at the time that it came it wasn't released i'm yeah. sure people now have like become the speed running
0: well that's what was amazing watching your video how you're like oh and then you you came up with this theory that it had different endings depending on the mode depending on how fast you beat it and you did all that before the game came out. Yeah. So I was just like, "Prop." prop it was. You. It
1: was. Thank you. It was the scariest uh, <laughs> bet I've ever made with myself. Because <laughs> usually when I do a video on a game that's about to come out or something, I'll have more information. But right. Right. I had no clue. Have they
0: ever done that before? Where the different difficulties have different little bonuses? At not the end? not as crazy as that. Yeah. Not as like as so many intricate. different permutations. Yeah. Um, if anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, if if you. I mean it's been since the first Metroid, if you beat the game within a certain time limit, you get a different version of Samus at the end. Yeah. But Samus Returns has three different modes. Yeah. The normal mode, the hard mode, and the fusion mode, which is locked behind an amiibo, which people are really upset about. The fusion the fusion mode is harder than hard mode. And hard mode is already dumb. Yeah. I died a lot in normal mode, and, and Metroid's not a game I usually die a lot in. Yeah. Besides maybe a couple boss fights. Yeah. But this game is full filled with boss fights. Yeah. By the way, guys, this is the GCast. What's up? G-club. G-club. Uh, G Club. G Club. And this is I'm Barry. This is Gerard. I'm 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 Gerard Barry Gerard. The 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 Completer. The Completer Man. Completer Man. The Completer Man. And uh, you completed the shit out of Metroid: Sam's Returns. Brand new game, Nintendo 3DS. Yeah. It's a gorgeous game. I recommend it. I had a good time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, today's topic is mostly about the idea of Metroidvania and kind of where.
0: I think we're going to start by talking about Samus, Samus Returns, Returns and, kind, and of kind of branch off, off from there, yeah, to the other Metroidvania verse, yeah, um, and hopefully we'll try to stay mostly spoiler-free.
1: Yeah, I think stay so. Or if we do, or if we do, we'll we'll, we'll say let sp- you know
0: spoilers. It's coming. Yeah, watch out. Samus is a grill. <laughs> How can how can Metroid crawl? Oh man, that that photo
1: is my. I think I the Meverse post. I printed it out and framed it above my wall for a good six months as a reminder of how I should talk about games. <laughs> like if I ever get to that point where i just I say, why can't Metroid crawl? Right, I'm out. Yeah, put me down.
0: I mean, it's a good question though. It, it's true. How can Metroid crawl? <laughs> um, so did you ever play the original Metroid Two on the Game Boy? No, I didn't. I don't know if you ever talked about it in your, in your review.
1: No, no, no. So okay. I I've never I I went into this completely blind. Yeah. I uh when AM2R came out, uh the devs were very passionate about the game and and uh, one of the devs who worked on it was like, "Hey, here, you should play this." Mm-hmm. And I played about 2 hours worth and I stopped not because I got bored, not because I didn't want to play it, but because I I was doing so many other things, and Mm -hmm. I told myself, this game deserves all my attention when I can give it my attention, Mm -hmm. and I never did. And then (laughs) when they announced Samus Returns, that's when I was like, okay, now's the time. And so I played through AM2R, walked away really liking it, and then when I picked up Samus Returns, while very familiar in, in sense and style, they've to me, they felt like apples and oranges. Right. Mario and Sonic, almost just very. They felt same game, obviously same concept, but level design, execution, just different approaches
0: to the same idea. Yes, like yes. Given the same like printout summary of the first game, and then made different games.
1: Yeah, it's it's it was a it was almost like seeing a game jam, right? Like
0: yeah, oh, you well, know, that's an interesting way. Of if looking you're at like it. you know okay, it's a Metroid Two Game Jam. Yeah,
1: everyone gets together and you say, hey, uh, your theme is Metroid. Make a game mm-hmm. and it has to have forty Metroids to be dead in the in the. <laughs> right journey of it and this is what they look like this is what go. they look like go and and i think that's how i felt so when i played both games i had such a love and appreciation of both of them hmm. um but uh yeah Samus returns has has a lot going for it there's a lot going against it too and i felt like thinking about it now in my video i was very uh i didn't i didn't pull any punches but there's a lot of super metroid in in metroid 2
0: even the soundtrack
1: Yes, almost <laughs> all of the soundtrack is yeah. Super Metroid inspired, which is fine. But it was it was a very interesting choice. Just how they're like they approached this is it. the one
0: you have nostalgia for, not the one we're basing this game off. Yeah, of, the one over here, yeah. the really shiny one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, so I I only played a little bit of Metroid Two because I got it I think for free as some like Club Nintendo reward. Some like I used some points and got a Game Boy game on my DS mm-hmm. kind of deal. And I played it for maybe half an hour and gave up. Because even as someone who grew up with the Game Boy, it's very hard to go back. Like, I didn't grow up with an NES or a Super Nintendo. I grew up with a Game Boy. That was like my first real gaming system. So that's what I really am familiar with. But only the exact games that I played. <laughs> if I play any other Game Boy game, I'm like, oh, like, I played a lot of Mario Land 2, Six Golden Coins. I didn't own Mario Land 1. So even playing Mario Land 1, I'm just like... Mario's like four pixels tall. And the 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 question mark blocks are like these. Ugly
1: you're, little... you're throwing marbles, not fireballs. Yeah,
0: just everything about this feels wrong. You're in Egypt um, at some point. Like it's it's nostalgic, sure, but it's really hard to go back to a lot of those games. Even the games We're, that I loved.
1: Whereas if you played six golden coins, you're like, oh man, we're inside a giant Mario. We're inside a, a pumpkin spooky right. house. There's,
0: there's <laughs> pigs shooting
1: cannons out of their noses, and Mario looks like Mario. And, and and Wario is Wario is here, and he's not. He's like bigger, scarier Mario. Wario was terrifying in that terrifying. game. Terrifying! Wow, so much like, detail. Yeah, yeah. A Jeez. lot of a lot of his sprites. Oh my goodness! This, they just—they didn't seem evil so much as they seemed
0: very he was large. Like demented. He was like yeah. some It was like some ghibli nightmare mm-hmm. of some like overinflated man who was cursed. <laughs> um, but so, play, I played a little bit of Metroid Two, and I, I don't even think I got to the first Metroid. If I'm being honest, like it, 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 there's no map. It's really tight. You cannot. You can. You can see like three Samus's worth in every direction. Like it's very hard to navigate. And I think. Maybe that was part of the point. Was that it was this like stressful, claustrophobic thing, but it was really hard to get into. Now, did you play the original Metroid? Uh, only sparingly. Zero Mission is the closest I've gotten to actually playing the first Metroid.
1: Yeah, that was the same um, for me.
0: So I, I, I love Zero Mission. Zero Mission to me, that might be my favorite Metroid. In
1: in in my regards, Zero Mission is ten times better than, than the original Metroid. Oh yeah, it's does everything that I wanted the original Metroid to do. And going back and playing the first Metroid is really tough. It feels yeah. very unimportant. It feels like, okay, you got a missile, you got, you you have some lives. It's like very, it's like in Mario, right? You just, you don't have lives. So you just run, you jump and you're very expendable. Mm-hmm. Metroid feels like you're expendable the whole time, but you don't really have a sense of progression. You're just kind of running around and going to this place and that place, and this missile might do this. I don't know. Is it a pixel? It's is it a block? Is it a part of the atmosphere?
0: Right, because there's nothing in the game.
1: Yeah, there's nothing. It's just bare. Like all you have is an enemy that shows up every now and then. No backgrounds to indicate where you are. Just black space and the doors. And you can jump up, and, and power-ups do some things, but you don't know which power-up does what, how to use them. And so it's not yeah. as as crystal-clearly laid out. Not, th- not that we need a tutorial, right? But it's, right. it's but like these games are. It's how yeah. they
0: were back in the day. You were supposed to read the manual and 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 get a lot of information on all the enemies and what mm-hmm. they were called, because that's really useful information. Yeah. And then you were just left to the wind to just figure out what the hell you were doing. Yeah. And then Super Metroid came out and was like, oh, this is what Metroid is. Yeah. Now I get it. I,
1: th- I think... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know if anyone's really said this, and I'm sure that's like the vibe of it, but I really feel Super Metroid's just a reboot of the first game from a much clearer perspective. Where obviously we're not visiting, you know, we have the, the beginning of Metro, Super Metroid, you walk through the entire end sequence of Metroid 1. Right. And, you know, supposed Super Metroid, but like you almost lead the same way. So it's like this mm-hmm. essence of full circleness and revisiting re- atmospheres and really. The backtracking style of Metroid really kind of came super prominent in Super Metroid, whereas uh, one was a bit more linear kind of, and two was, for me, I never, again, I didn't play the original, but I think the idea was you just really had to pay attention to where you were going at all times to really go in the direction that you wanted to go.
0: My understanding is that two was very linear, and that's where AM2R and Samus Returns get their inspiration from, where there's, like, lava that literally recedes once you kill the Metroids, which lets you access the next area. Yeah. Um, Which is not a thing in Metroid 1 or in Super Metroid where where you're getting abilities that let you expand the map in mm-hmm. all directions. Yeah. This is much more like, here is the tunnel that you're boring your way through. Mm-hmm. Um, And, yeah, I never played AM2R, uh, and I never really played that much of Metroid 2. Oh, I was gonna say something else that, like, I think it's really, as an aside, I think it's really interesting that Nintendo went really weird with all the sequels to these franchises like Mario Land 2 at least the American version Donkey Doki Panic whatever was like very very different from Mario 1 Zelda 2 very very different from Zelda 1 uh, Metroid 2 kind of similar but a little bit different a little bit weirder and then with the third entries in all of these series they kind of went back to the roots of what that franchise was all about and made like a better version of the first game yeah um, like maybe it's sacrilege to say, but I think Mario Bros. Three is way better than Mario Bros. One. Like, I'm with you on that. I mean, maybe a lot of people would agree with that. I think
1: I think, I think Super Mario Brothers. Three definitively is like it's like the Mario, the
0: Mario that everyone
1: was like, whoa. Like
0: Mario One is more iconic visually. But yes, I think Mario Three the musically is musically they... too. Right, ba ba, yeah. ba 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 ba. Right, it's buff. sort of established. I mean, it's the same thing with Metroid One and with Zelda One. Like it's sort of established all of these ideas the sequel they were like let's throw everything out and just go fresh and try something new mm-hmm. and the third one is like what worked about that first game so then you get Link to the past you get super metroid you get uh, mario bros 3 and then like later mario world i don't know this i think that's just an interesting perspective that metroid uh, that nintendo had where they're, they're, they nothing was precious to them they were yeah. like yeah okay you think Zelda's this no it's side scroller and you, you have to like poke them in the knees now and i don't know that that's it's very bold especially in, in today's uh, franchise-dominant world where everything's the same thing over and over.
1: What's kind of crazy is that Metroid has kind of been a Western game for Western audiences. Yeah. It's it's never really been popular in Japan. It's that was never, news to me when I learned yeah, that. Yeah, like it's never really been a thing that Japanese people really enjoyed back in the day, at least. And so... Like Metroid is the Western franchise for Nintendo. It is designed for us. We have, we are the ones that have kind of embraced what it is, and you know we've we've always fallen in love with with Super Metroid and Metroid Fusion and Metroid Prime and and Zero Mission. And we've always right. been like, man, these games are really fun. They're difficult. They're they're large. They
0: feel large. They're, they're oppressive and eerie, and you're alone. They're there's not, not li-
1: holding your hand. Right. They're, there's not
0: little bubbly NPCs telling you what to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's up to you to kind of determine the the
0: essence of the journey. Also, the obvious references to like Alien and and mm-hmm. these Western sci-fi tropes, um, which is why it's so
1: important. You know, uh, I get I got two th- I get criticized a lot, especially for my opinions of of Sam's Returns, because in you know, a public setting, at least, right, with social media and whatnot, right. But uh, the the two things I kept seeing a lot, which was interesting for me to think about, was one is I got criticized because I said that. Uh, I said that Nintendo had good reason to shut down AM2R. Hmm. And they do. It's their copyright. Right. Well, so I d- Nintendo, obviously, with Pokemon Company, right, they were like shut down the, the you know, Uranium, Pokemon Uranium sure. last year
0: or two years ago. They've and, been very consistent about shutting down fan projects. Right, That's one thing you can look to.
1: Sure. And and it sucks that it happens, and it, it really, really bums me out that it has to happen. But at the same time, it's their right to do that. But more importantly... Uh, and like it's like you kind of wish they took the Sonic Mania approach, right? Where Nintendo said, hey, come make this thing for us. But in the case of Samus Returns, this was a game they were already working on to remake. And so that to me makes the most sense in regards to taking right. down a and a, a fan game that on the 30th anniversary of Metroid is out and free and trending and getting downloads and becoming the spread of the wildfire when you are nine months away from announcing that you
0: are coming out with the same game, right? Because obviously they were already in development on Samus Returns when AM2R came out. Absolutely, but they were and well into development.
1: If if it wasn't Samus Returns and it was something else, I don't think the CND would have been the CND would have been a little more unjustly or wouldn't have been as 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 focused as it became. Yeah. But whereas literally this was. Nintendo is saying we are making a remake of Metroid 2. That's what we're making. Right. And and everyone out there is very upset. But I think the key to it and the most important thing to, as a community, as the gaming community should look at it, is the support that the AM2R devs gave Nintendo. They were like, right. yeah, we got shut down because we wanted to see another Metroid game and they're making another Metroid game, the one that we were going to make. This is yeah. good for the Metroid community. And mm-hmm. the second thing that I got reamed for, and this is to kind of go along with that, is um, it's important to show Nintendo that you want to support this franchise. Yeah, um, people were mad about that. People were mad because you know, people. I'm I'm very much the kind of guy that's like, if you like Mario and you want to keep seeing good Mario games, you should buy Mario games, even the ones that may not be the ones for you. Maybe, maybe a little more divisive. If you were telling the company, I don't like this game with the sales, then that's fine, but just know that they're going to take that into consideration. Like, look, Metroid Other M is a prime example. Mm-hmm. Metroid Other M was or, seven... Or Federation Force. Federation even Force, even worse. I think that game only sold 100,000 copies total. Mm-hmm. And, like, it was not good in the U.S. I think it was, like, barely... Like a cup, like maybe twenty or thirty thousand copies. Yeah. So, and I could be totally wrong,
0: but it, it um, was it was very very low. And also, it had like zero buzz, marketing or otherwise. Like I, I missed when it came out mm-hmm. because n- even Nintendo was just kind of like, yeah, we we don't know what we're doing.
1: Well, I think I think but, they I think what happens is and it's kind of the same thing that happened with Capcom and NBCI, right? It's like mm-hmm. the company's excited to talk about the game, they release it, and then the company with social media and everything going on. They now have the ability to assess the room, right? So they're going to they look around respond. and go, "Oh, oh, no one <laughs> likes this." Uh-oh. Well, let's shift our marketing budget. We're not going to save this tank. Let's right. just try and support it as best we can. Because either you double
0: down and try to save what you have, you commit, or you just move you, on to the next or you thing, you move on to the
1: next thing. And but, I
0: mean, you you are right. I I, like, I agree with you and I disagree with you that like I mean I'm someone who bought. Paper Mario Color Splash because I want another thousand year door. Sure. Did you not like Color Splash? I did not like Color Splash. See, I loved Color Splash. I didn't think there was any point to anything I did. It was Sticker Star 2. Sure. <laughs> if I guess you like so. that, then that's fine. Well, see, but... I
1: didn't play Sticker Star though. I, to me I thought it was uh
0: Sticker Star was an exercise in futility. It is it is a a the it is the waiting for Godot of video games. Sure. It what? is such a nightmare of nothing and nothing matters. See what it
1: but color splash, color splash though, <clears throat> has I don't know. There's just I feel like color splash had a lot of the love and the care and the heart that was missing from sticker star. Like yeah, and I and and while it doesn't, I think the tale the the tale of the hardware for in the and the success of the Wii U, I think is what re- is reflective of some of the decisions in color splash. Um, but aesthetically, I thought it was super awesome. I loved the music. I thought the writing was really Graphically,
0: good. Graphically, aesthetically, the writing was hilarious. I agree on all those points. The game felt like a waste of time. Sure. It felt like the same problem that Sticker Star had where, oh, you need this real world item in order to beat this boss. And if you don't have it, you're shit out of luck. I think that's that's that was a really bad... I think I talked
1: about it in my video if I remember. like Having that specific item... Fighting bosses and not knowing what to use, not having the correct item and forcing the game over out of the player to then learn
0: what to do without any indication is a really bad sign. Um, It's not a very interesting way of figuring out how to beat an enemy. It's just like, do you have the item or not?
1: Yeah. Well, especially if it's like, gee, I wish you had this item. Like that's different than in the middle of the fight, the, the, the boss is like, oh man, I have a bump on the back of my neck i wish someone could hit me in the back like that's different <laughs> right. because then you can go oh the boss is telling me i need to attack them from behind or you d- right. use a spell that involves hurting them in other ways than just it's, than going it's different one.
0: because everything in that game is consumable even your jump attacks are consumable cards yes that you that, use.
1: that that also that's as my problem with the game as someone right as someone who uh Hates using items in games like I'm I'm
0: that RPG <laughs> you save all of your Phoenix downs to the final fight. That, and you never use them that is me to yeah. the to the T I refuse to use my potions, high potions, potions if you're smart that's how you approach games you wait till the last second to use them you're not going to walk into a random fight and use your one and only spiky jump boot thing because you don't know if you're gonna need it around the next corner yeah it's insanely frustrating and yes. then you wind up in situations where it's not like oh i need to use a lightning attack because he's like this oh that's that's some interesting rock paper scissors whatever that game's been doing for 30 years yeah no this game is saying you need to have the right things at the right time which means you're incentivized to avoid every fight sure and at the very least um uh, color splash does have like a simple xp system where yes you don't just get coins because that was sticker stars problem and we'll get back to Metroid in a second. I know. But this, um, this is all
1: important, though, because yeah. we're going back to the idea of supporting a franchise. Yes,
0: yes. It is yeah. It is all tied together. Yes. But in, in Sticker Star, there was zero XP whatsoever. It was all uh, stickers that were instead of cards and, and Color Splash. Yeah. Stickers were how you did all of your attacks and everything. And defeating enemies only gave you coins. hmm And the use for coins was buying stickers. So you would have to buy kill... If you were going through the game, killing enemies... You would wind up at the boss with no stickers left, if you've been playing recklessly or whatever, or Mm -hmm. not well. No stickers left and a fuck ton of coins. So guess what? You go back into town, buy a bunch of stickers, and then all those enemies have respawned. So you have to run around the enemies, kiting them, until you get to the boss, which then is like, oh, you have to use this one sticker on me. And you
1: don't have any money because you spent it on restocking your your coins on the way back.
0: All they had to have done was just give it the same system as Paper Mario 1 and 2, where you just have attacks, yeah. and then you use them, and it's not all consumable items, because yeah. it just it's an interesting idea on paper. Again, it's like a game jam idea. Like, what yeah. if you made an RPG where everything was consumable? Like, that's an interesting idea. In practice, they did not make a game that supports that idea. Yeah, I'm with you. And that's my issue with those games. But I bought it because I want another <laughs> Paper Mario. Right. Those games are gorgeous. They're funny. The music, the I'm well, with and, you on that. And,
1: and, 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 needless to say... Even though you disagree with the gameplay mechanics, you could see that someone out there could actually enjoy that idea of, of the game. Like, yes,
0: there is 100% a person who loves the shit out of Color Splash, and I'm fine with that. It was not for me. I think it's a fundamentally broken game. Sure. But that's my opinion. It's subjective. Right. right. Um, but at the
1: same time, like, objectively, right, that mechanic, like, if you'd have played Color Splash for the first time without any previous knowledge of the Paper Mario games, a game right. for what it is, you would probably enjoy it a little bit more. But you in your back of your mind you're going, this is not what I'm what I'm no- This is not my Paper Mario. This is not what we had. We had a previous game that reflected these bad changes and instead of you've a going, point of
0: comparison. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yes, yes. And so that, that clearly changes. It almost makes the 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 root of it a little more like raw, right? You're like They they had something before. (laughs) Why did they go that direction? Right. Um, And
0: And so, on the one hand, I respect them for not just remaking the same game over and over, talking about Mario Two, Zelda Two, etc. Yeah. But it's like you're like halfway there, like you're reinventing the wheel, but then you're breaking a wheel that wasn't broken. Yeah. Instead of like I don't know, there's like there's like a definitely like a carriage metaphor where like you're you're not just painting in a new coat of paint. You're breaking the axle for no reason. Yeah, yeah. And it's like neither of those are what I want. I want like a new carriage. Yeah, but it's still a carriage. Sure, it will still be driven by horse. I don't know. There's definitely there's a metaphor there somewhere. I'll figure it out. But Um, I. I,
1: But anyways, the point is you supported the franchise. It's still somewhat fun to you. Hopefully you didn't. Did you feel like you wasted your sixty bucks completely?
0: No. I mean, and and I mean, I don't I don't treat game purchases like that. Yeah. I'm the kind of person that I will happily pay $60 for a game that I despise if it gives me something to talk about. Yeah. Because I like discussing games. I like picking apart games. So unless it's just like, I'm bored. I've played this a hundred times before. That feels like a waste of my dollar, but I'm pretty good about not just buying. Like, if I'm not into FIFA. I'm not going to buy FIFA 17. Sure. But at the same time, you Even though you're not going
1: to buy FIFA, there are millions of people out there who will buy FIFA in those franchises. And I have no bad
0: things to say about those people whatsoever. And
1: also, like, you not buying FIFA is not going to change whether or not FIFA (laughs) 19... I think they're going to be fine. Yeah, right? There there is an install base. Sure. Whereas things like Paper Color Splash, Super Metroid, uh, Star Fox, like, those are the franchises that get the the least amount of love from Nintendo. Mm -hmm. And when they do go all out, they give it their best, but they're trying to innovate from what they did before. And sometimes the innovation clash, clashes really hard. Yes. And so that's why it becomes so divisive to hate and to, and to bicker and to, and to disagree with what these companies have put in their heart and souls into, right. especially when they get so far to getting it almost
0: right. <laughs> it's like, that's it, what's more frustrating. Like I'm more annoyed at star Fox zero than I am. Metroid federation force. Sure. Because to me, Star Fox Zero was not quite a 64 remake. It wasn't quite a new Star Fox game. It threw in these gimmicky motion controls that didn't quite work. Yeah. And I played that game through mostly co-op, and the co-op is not balanced at all. Yeah. It's really weird and hard to play. Yeah. And it's, like, more frustrating to me than if they made a super weird Star Fox Adventures-type spin off like they did with Metroid Federation Force, which to me, it's like, at least they're doing something different. Yes, I'm annoyed that it has this weird chibi art style, and that it's clearly not... It's, a, I mean... Metro- when you think Metroid, you think isolation, you think going into a, a, a alien planet and you're on a mission. Co-op does not mesh with that. Yeah. So a four-player co-op Monster Hunter does not make sense with the identity of Metroid. But you could say that they're trying to expand the Metroid brand, trying to invite more types of experiences into that universe, which I'm all for something like that. Um, I remember being disappointed when Federation Force was announced. And then when I learned more about what the game was, I was more interested because I was like, okay, this isn't Metroid, but at least... It's like this weird monster hunter thing where you have different roles, different classes. I didn't buy it, so I didn't really help out there, but I was at least like trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. Okay, like what idea dri- cuz I don't think that game came out of a boardroom discussion of we need a new Metroid game. Because that would have just given us Samus Returns.
1: To me, to me, it was more of, hey, we made a cool, unique idea in the Metroid engine. How do we tie it to Metroid?
0: Or we have this new idea. Is there an existing IP we can slap onto it?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of the same thing with Star Fox Adventures, right? Like, infamously, it was not a Star Fox game. Until and it, Miyamoto and, kicked until down Until Miyamoto was like, this is now Star Fox. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, same okay. thing with
0: Doki Doki Panic. Like, Doki yep. Doki
1: Panic was a different game. And they were like, put Mario people in it and now call it Mario 2. Like, that's those westerners are
0: too dumb for hard games right right they're right
1: <laughs> what do you mean we have dark souls now We're, we love dark it's souls made by japan though it's true it's true but we like it but we do like we it. we do love it a lot <laughs> right. um so to go to go back to it though we want to support these franchises right yes and so we want to see the next star fox we want to see the next metroid the next sonic the next whatever it is and so now more than ever we have to look at these games For both their source material and what they did differently, and Mm -hmm. decide this is this I like this I don't like this and and it it creates a different zone going forward, especially because nowadays. Nintendo's not the one producing this game. This game was made by... Uh, Mercury Steam. Mercury Steam, a completely different company. Mm -hmm. This game was originally a Metroid Fusion Pitch remake, which was very fascinating to me. And originally, the director of the original uh, Metroids (laughs) was like, let's remake Super Metroid. Like, that's what he wanted. Really? And it's like... I didn't know that. I don't know... (laughs) if i would be happy if they made super metroid in the same style that they did samus returns i don't think Mm. i would really enjoy it i think a
0: different relationship with
1: that game absolutely especially because uh the melee mechanic was really brilliant but it got pretty pretty old pretty quickly once you realize that every enemy you fight like almost in the beginning needs to be fought this way right um Usually a Metroid, like as you get your guns, you can you can progress and shoot through them, and that's true. Mm-hmm. But there was just some some enemies were designed for in order to find me. You gotta let you gotta smack me with your gun, and that can create some fatigue sometimes. Like I I definitely had moments where I was like I like this mechanic a lot, mm-hmm. but it 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 got old. Somewhere in the middle of the game, when you realize that
0: you have to get the rhythm every single time, right? The, the thing I find really strange about the way the melee. So now we're we're finally getting the same as returns, I guess. Mm. Um, the thing. I find... Sorry, is that where you wanted to go? Yeah, we we no. can go back. Yeah, let's, go, let's <laughs> keep talking about Mario uh, until until hour three. Um, the thing I find really interesting about the melee counter is that it? your attacks apparently do more damage, or at least the melee counter itself does a lot of damage.
1: The counter itself does a, does a lot of damage. It does, like, a good base damage, but what it does is that it allows... It opens up the enemy to more capabilities well, of getting it, hit. Yeah, so it
0: stuns them. It locks, because you can spin 360 degrees. That's one of the big innovations for Metroid in this game, is you can aim in any goddamn direction. Yeah, and when you do a melee counter, it stuns the enemy in place and it locks your, your gun onto them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, but I, I noticed that like those like little hopper frog dudes, you can just like blast them all day. It takes like a thousand shots to kill them. Or you melee them, shoot them once or twice and they're dead. Yeah. And I'm like, is it that like my gun is supercharged after I, I melee? Or is just like the melee itself just does
1: a ton of damage? I think, it, I think it's from the action of them being stunned. Because they're in a stunned state... Hmm. They're susceptible to more damage,
0: but I don't think that's it because if you if you counter them and then manually aim at them, it still takes a lot of shots. It takes more shots than if you just shoot from the auto lock on. Okay, I, I think I'm like ninety percent sure. Think,
1: I think you're right, then in that case, because I think it actually is almost like, not like a cutscene, but like a like a bonus hit. Like yeah. when you're locked in, it's like kind of this fluid motion of melee hit into this cutscene-esque action of shooting when you're locked on. And I right. think that's and what's As long as like, you don't
0: break out of that yeah, cause, moment. Because now
1: that I think about it, you're right. Whenever, if you go full rotation mode and don't continue the action, then it does take a little while.
0: Because there's definitely times when there's like three enemies and I'm trying to melee all of them to stun them all and then like, oh, now I'll shoot them. And it takes a bunch of shots to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I am a fan of the melee, at least in theory, if not mostly in practice. I agree, it does get old eventually. But then later in the game you get you know like the screw attack spoilers yeah and then you can just jump through every level and it's fine and you don't have to fight anything unless you wanted to um but combat has never really been a strong suit of metroid specifically it's functional but you're usually very restricted by your movement abilities before you get things like the space jump and screw attack you can just sort of walk around and aim in different directions yeah um i've been watching a bunch of videos about metroid because everyone's making metroid videos right now which is great um and it's funny,
1: because they weren't there three months ago.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> I wonder why. I wonder why. Um, and I, I don't remember who exactly said it, but someone was mentioning that, like, well, basically, even in, like, Super Metroid, the, the strategy is to get a bunch of energy tanks to tank your way through the boss battles. Yeah. Until you've played the game a thousand times, and you know the exact patterns and whatever, because some of the bosses, like Fantoon, are just, like, bouncing all over the place, and they're firing out projectiles. You're going to get hit. Yeah. And you have no way to really counter that besides having a lot of HP. Yeah. So it's just a a a, a, uh, a situation where can you outperform the boss's damage? Can you tank more damage and do more damage than they can? Either that or can you get really good at reading the boss to the
1: point where you're pixel hiding or your way through right.
0: it? <laughs> I'm talking about like a casual playthrough yeah. of the game. Um whereas with with Metroid Metroid returns, oh my god, I'm gonna how can Metroid crawl? Samus returns um, it's okay. and, although it is also Metroid Returns in a way. I
1: just want to point out, uh, and this is a funny thing, even to, for Nintendo's marketing department, uh, the Amiibo box set for Samus Returns, on the back of it, it says Metroid Return of Samus Amiibo. Return of Samus? <laughs> yeah, so really? it, it, they, like, even, even oh, the marketing no. team messed up on it, so I, I wouldn't... Don't, don't be too hard on yourself. <laughs> oh, how that, how does, was that in like an early name of the game or something? I, have, I mean, Return of Samus, I think Return of Samus is the original. Uh, and so, oh, uh,
0: is that the original subtitle of? Y- yeah, of Metroid
1: too. 2. Metroid 2, Return of Samus. So that's why it's Samus Returns. Wow.
0: Um, and at the last minute before they were printing the boxes, they're like, it's Samus Returns now. Yeah. Wow. Kind of funny. funny. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, At least on my box. Maybe it's on all of them, but mine definitely
0: <laughs> had it. So in the older Metroids, you were basically. Restricted for the most part by like things like movement and you don't have a lot of combat abilities. You I guess technically in the older Metroids you can swap between different, you know, beam types, but why really would you? Yeah. Um so you just sort of spam them with your shots and your missiles and your super missiles. You're using super missiles until those runs run out, then you're using missiles until those run out, then you're just using regular beam hits. Like there's not a lot of strategy there. Yeah. It's just you are shooting this boss and waiting for him to be vulnerable. And at the very least, I think the addition of a counter is a interesting way to mix that up. At the yeah. very least with the smaller dudes, if not with the bosses themselves. Because when a boss has a counter, it feels kind of required, even in this game, where it's like, oh, now you have this big cutscene where Samus has blown them up, which... At the very least, the cutscenes are interactive. You're still shooting missiles. Yeah, which you're I like
1: jumping in the air, flipping while spamming the missiles. You can if change was, the missiles in between the cutscene. Yeah, yeah, if it
0: was purely a cutscene and you just watched her do a lot of damage, I'd be more frustrated. Yeah, as it stands, it's just like a nice like you did the counter thing, which the the it seems like the window for the counter is fairly generous. Yeah, so it's not like oh I did it just like like a perfect dodge. It's just kind of like okay I, I did what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, but at least for the the minor dudes, the counter. To me, it gave it this nice little rhythm where you walk up, you wait, and usually you don't have to wait for very long. You hear you hear the cue of the shink, and and there's a visual cue, melee counter, blow them up, keep moving. Yeah, and it's even easier for the flying dudes because they, the second they see you, they like dive into you. Yeah, it's only the the dudes that hop around the ground who you have to kind of wait for them. to Or the ones that
1: like kind of like back
0: up and wait, and then they go in. Yep. Um, But so for the most part, you're. It feels more involved to me than previous Metroid combat rooms, where you're just sort of, you know, locked in place, just sort of picking them off one by one. Yeah. Like, okay, now I can go through, or you just jump through them, and you're like, I don't want to fight them. Yeah. Which you can still do; it's still a valid strategy. Just avoid them. The, uh, you know, at first the idea of hunting forty
1: Metroids was like kind of overwhelming. I was like that's a lot of mm-hmm. things to kill and to can and to keep barreling forward through all those corridors and power-ups and and then you realize that's the game that's the purpose that's what you're supposed to do and so it kind of changed for me when i first started In the beginning i felt like i was kind of roughing it out through through each zone and then it felt really purposeful like oh i'm i'm i have to do this move on to the next part and the linearity with the lava i think was a good nice touch because not only was it you didn't find all the metroids but it was also there are some Metroids you can't find unless you have this power-up to open that door right. or, or to get be able to get into that corridor or whatever. Yeah, they lock high Metroids
0: enough. behind power-ups instead of just pure progression. I mean, it's the same with more steps, I guess. Right, right. But it feels a little more organic than just like, I've explored everywhere in the fucking map. Okay, now I got this one ability and now I can go everywhere. It's more like, you get this ability and now you can go over here and now you open up this big area. Mm-hmm. It feels a little bit... I don't know. I I agree with you. I think it worked. Yeah. Um, At the very least, as someone not familiar with Metroid 2, it felt fresh in a way that I wasn't expecting. Because if it was another Super Metroid, Metroid 1 type map where you just sort of gradually expand where you can go, especially because I I played the fuck out of Hollow Knight early early this year, which I absolutely adore. I don't know if you played Hollow Knight at all.
1: I just started playing it. I'm I'm on a Metroid kick right
0: now. It is... I mean, I, obviously, I played it before Samus Returns came out, but it's the best Metroidvania I've played in years. Yeah. I really love that game, and that's a game that actually, I think, nails its combat really well. It's it's especially, once you get a bunch of abilities later on, there's a lot of choices you can make, and the whole, uh, I forget what it's called, Like the, you have like little notches that you can assign little abilities onto. Yeah. So you can sort of customize your character a little bit, you make it more combat-heavy, more whatever. Yeah. Um, it just gives the player a lot of kind of expressiveness. Yeah, express yourself. Um, but going from Hollow Knight, which is very much a kind of Super Metroid type experience, it's a big sprawling map, and you find all these weird little paths that connect things as you get new abilities. And in Metroid: Samus Returns, you you like introduce these big chunks and. There's I think it's like area three or four, which is the first one that has more than one Metroid gate inside of it. And you're like, oh, shit. Like that feels like a big moment of like, how big is this area? Yeah. Whereas I think you wouldn't have that unless you had that kind of gating or even 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 though it's it's completely artificial. It's objectively another zone that they introduce you by lowering the purple goo. But because it's in the same "quote unquote" area, same quadrant, it feels like a bigger part of the. I don't know.
1: One one of the biggest oh shit moments I had was I think it's area five or six where you you kill one Metroid, you turn it in, and then it raises the lava or raises the poison in the area you just were in, and so now you're like, oh shit! You find find a different different way. way to go, and you end up going to a different route, and then you kill that metroid and turn it in and then it goes back to normal but like it just felt fun cuz now you are going to an area you didn't know existed or you, it was gated earlier with with uh you know the purple acidic acid right. soup whatever, whatever it, is. it is yeah um i think overall the, the biggest complaints i have with metroid samus returns was never about the game design so much as it was about playing the game cuz on the 3DS as a gentleman who has very large hands, right. Uh, I was hurting a lot. I was I and as a I,
0: gentleman with average size hands, I was hurting.
1: Yeah, and, and I think that's kinda of the tell of it, right? I think first off not having customization controls is, is not an excuse in today's day and age there are a lot of gamers out there who struggle physically with their hands they're left-handed uh, you know maybe they have cerebral palsy or whatever it is to not be able to play the game they want to play and I said the same thing about arms arms lacked that same problem and right. just you all you have to play one of the few controller ways that they offer and you can't until change very the buttons. recently until recently they released a patch
0: yes and I think which th- that was sorely needed especially for arms which, because blocking required pushing in the stick yes which is a very unnatural thing to do like that in a fighting game.
1: Yeah, especially especially when usually in a fighting game, holding back is what blocks. So, like, right. you can't do that in a 3D... Oh,
0: like a fi- Over-the-shoulder yeah. arena fighter,
1: right? Um, I think that was the big thing. I think... Uh, while I liked the addition of the four D-pad-based power-ups, I would have much rather sacrificed those to be touchscreen-based yep. and use the D-pad to actually use as d D-pad. I agree. Because the the analog stick of the 3DS is not the same analog stick that's on the Switch or the Wii U GamePad or Pro Controller. Mm-hmm. If it was, no one would complain. No. But the reality is is that the 3DS control stick is... It's it's like a penny that you're... Yeah,
0: you slide it around. You're
1: sliding around. And so how are you, how else are you supposed to... like? I have seen a lot of people destroy their 3DSs playing Smash because of oh the God, of the of the thumbstick, mm-hmm. and I think to not give people the option to use the D-pad in a game where up until this point Super Metroid, Metroid One, Metroid Two, Metroid Fusion were all played with a D-pad, right. and so you're forcing the user to go ahead and not use the D-pad for that 3D atmosphere, and I think. The way that Super Metroid remedied that was you used L and R to aim in the directions of where you want to go. Like mm-hmm. if you, you know, left and up is left is up left, left and up is right in the same thing. Right. And so when you're doing the 360 axis holding R and you're kind of aiming, you can still use the D-pad to get it. Right. Well, would it be full control? Not really. But in those moments, that's the time to use the, the 3DS thumbstick as a means of a fully control system to get whatever you want to go. But when mm-hmm. you're running around you want precision and you're jumping and there's enemies coming in, the D pad is a must. Mm-hmm. It really is. Or at least give us the option. Exactly. Um, Switching the, the missiles and the, um, the, grapple uh, and beam. the grapple beam and stuff on the touch screen. Like I had so many moments where I was holding my three DS really weird. <laughs> and then like, shooting and then like tapping i was I was like like, a, like like the guitar hero on the ds yes yeah just like kind of like this reverse <laughs> engineer yeah like you're tapping uh though i felt like an idiot because it wasn't until my last playthrough where i realized this um if you aim at a grapple beam hook it automatically switches to the grapple beam they tell you
0: that i think i just ignored that for some weird reason i never knew that and so i definitely knew that i just don't remember if they I think they outright tell you that when you get the grapple beam in like the little thing of text. Yeah, because... But in, you were probably like, I played Super Metroid. I know how the grapple beam yeah, works. So yeah, exactly, it's
1: exactly how it was. I was like, grapple beam, great. I know how to do it. Let's go. Yeah. Um, which made it so much easier towards the end. But you
0: still have... Well, there's a couple ha- bosses where you have to switch to the grapple beam. And right. And it's
1: a huge pain if you're trying to manually switch to it. I, ha- I had a lot of moments where I was like, and eh, here come the missiles. I'm on grapple beam. Yeah. Like every single time. Um,
0: no, for, for me, I... I didn't have a whole lot of issues with the circle pad. I think that it is essentially a binary input. I don't think there's any kind of like you can slowly walk with Samus. So I think that movement would translate to a D-pad. It's not yeah. like you can tiptoe uh through the tulips.
1: It's not like it's not like the enemies have sound detection where they're like what the fuck is right. that.
0: <laughs> and and also having the Aeon abilities mapped to the D-pad isn't that necessary because you're not switching between them frequently. Yeah it's usually, oh, I need the the green suit uh, power-up thing or I need to slow down time for this area. Not mm-hmm. like, oh, this enemy needs this and this enemy needs that. Whereas, at the very least, I think being able to map the the missiles and, and, and gravity beam to the D-pad, which, like, yes, I agree, movement on the D-pad would have been better, but it's like at least switching those so you have the four A abilities on the touch oh, screen. Oh, yo,
1: that would have been so much better. Even that would have been that better.
0: W- Customization is so key. Yes. In, in today's day
1: and age, your game... If you were making a game, give the player the option to bind whatever the fuck they want. I right. know you want them to play the game you want to play. That, that notion alone would have saved Star Fox Zero. Yeah, If you had the ability to customize how you control the game and how you played it, and you can still do all your motion control stuff all you want and let people enjoy it for what that is, Mm -hmm. but if you gave everyone the option to just choose the way you want to play and let them go that route, then you win. You can have your marketing armor show how to play, and you have the hardcore demographic that gets to play the game the way that they want to play it.
0: Right, because it's not purely an accessibility thing to me this might be really shitty to say, they're an added bonus. Right. That ex- that people who have, have issues playing the game with the standard controls have the ability to use additional controllers and things like that. To me, that's fucking fantastic. To me, it's just like you're giving people the option. That's like the core essence of being able to provide controller options. And... I think Sims Returns, like a lot of games, has, like, a controller screen, which is just, like, a picture of the DS with, here's what the buttons do. And there's that moment of, oh, uh, I, oh, <laughs> It's like, I can change things. No, I can't. That's so real. Whenever you see that display of the controller with the buttons, it's I like. I kept going to the option screen going,
1: is there, a, is there a switch? Can I hold L and, and nope? Okay, we're, that's where we're at. That's where we're at. It's,
0: it's the same with, uh, if you tap the touch screen, you go into Morph Ball mode or you exit Morph Ball mode. Yeah which is i think a great addition the fact that you can just tap a button instead of having to crouch then crouch again uh, and i used it a lot but because it was mapped to the touch screen and because the different beam abilities are on the right side of the touch screen i had to take my thumb off of the circle pad to hit the d-pad to turn to a morph ball and doing that motion over and over just added to like the crampiness of my hands
1: it's it's almost like you are imagine playing a controller and then like as you're playing the controller, you have to do something else which requires you to pick up your phone and tap your phone and then <laughs> right. put your phone down and then go back to it. A Obviously, bit. it's not as extreme as that because you're like the motion of phone it, down, it's, but it's, it
0: feels like that. It's the kind of thing that's not a deal breaker, at least not for me, but it, it over definitely the course yeah. of a... I, I beat it in 11 hours on my first playthrough, my only playthrough, Yeah, uh, but I got 100% uh, 11 hours, and that was enough time for, for these minor little things to just sort of become more and more pressing concerns where... Just having the ability of, like, let me map the. Because I have a, a 3DS XL. So, or a, a, sorry, a new 3DS XL. So I had two extra ZL and ZR buttons. I have the little circle pad nub on the right side. Let me map things to those. Create a default control scheme that works on every DS, but because I have extra buttons, let me use those. Let me map turning into a morph ball to ZL. Let me map a uh, grapple beam to ZR. Like, give me those options. Why I, why do I have these extra buttons? So here so to me not only do I agree with you, but that's how you sell a new 3DS. <laughs> right.
1: And uh, you know and that sounds really dumb, but imagine cuz here's the thing. The one of the only few games out there that requires requires the New 3DS XL is Xenoblade Chronicles. It require you cannot play Xenoblade Chronicles X I think on a On a regular 3DS. It just will not run. It won't run well. It's like not designed for it. Hmm. Whereas it was designed... They made it for the new 3DS. It's it's one of the only games where it says new 3DS XL on the bind. Like it says new on it. Whereas if you had the game accessible to everyone, like... Great. Having a new 3DS XL doesn't make the experience different, but if you're a new 3DS XL user and you've got more buttons, that's more options to do what you need to do. Right. And so not that you need to buy another 3DS to like get that no, added benefit, but, but it makes use of the new 3DS. Why should I own a new 3DS XL when it has three new buttons that no one's designing to use for? Yeah. Like, Give me a reason to use these added features that I bought in this new rendition of a console that's been re-released two times at this point. Yes. Third generation 3DS XL and you don't have anything to pay for it with these new buttons, like Mm -hmm. sure it runs faster. Sure. It's smoother and it looks cooler. And it's It's based off my favorite game that I bought at the time. But like, come on, give me the added bonus. Let me use those buttons. Exactly. Let me have the ability to use the nub to do quick melee or, or, uh, even to just like, pop a switch
0: on. Like if I can map, you could replace the D pad of switching between abilities with the little circle nub. Yeah. That's, that's precise enough to do four different directions. Yes. Especially when you don't have
1: to use it that often, Mm -hmm. move it left to activate it, move it left to turn it off, move it up to move
0: to activate it, move it up to turn it off. I'm not the biggest fan of that little, the nub little nipple thing, but it definitely gets the job done. I mean, when I bought my first three DS, it was to play monster Hunter three ultimate. Yeah, and so you ended up buying and that I adapter. Bought, I bought the the 3DS and the Circle Pad Pro on the same day, which yeah. is this, for anyone doesn't know, this giant plastic box that houses your 3DS just to add a second Circle Pad. That is the entire function. It might have added the ZL and ZR as well. It did. Um, but yeah, it was basically a giant new 3DS before that existed. Yeah. And when that came out, I transferred my saves over and got a new 3DS, and that was like the first time I'd ever bought more than one console in one generation like i never bought an updated uh ds ds i never got a dsi i had the weird clam shell whatever sandwich looking thing that the ds always was that was my ds i had the original Game Boy advance never got an sp or a micro like that i'm not that kind of gamer it's like i need to have every version of the thing right I'm, i'm not a a collector in that sense sure but with the 3DS, I was like, this is worth it. For someone like me that wants to play Monster Hunter and needs to move the camera around, frankly. Yeah. It's worth it getting this new thing. So now that I have this fancy new machine, let me use it, Nintendo. Yeah. And I know it's not first party. Maybe it's second party. I don't know, Mercury, Steam. I don't know what they're about. But it, it, technically it's technically second party, third it, party, I don't know. It doesn't seem unreasonable to be like, hey, can you add support for... and Not extra graphics or anything like that. Like Monster Hunter, I think for Ultimate is graphically better on the new 3DS you can look at comparisons all day it is so subtle it's like the texture resolution is better yeah it's a very subtle difference and in motion you don't really notice it that much also it's a fucking 3ds (laughs) Also, it's like a 240p screen this screen does 240 like you're
1: trying to you're trying to argue it looks better whether it's on i don't care about it being super fancy i care about having more buttons it's still on a 240p screen at the end of the day right if it was the switch different different story because it's outputting at 720 it puts on the tv at 1080 exactly 240p is 240p yep call what you want it's not going to really look that much better with the exception of you're dropping frame rates left and right. Yeah. Um, To go along before we switch over to Metroidvania talk in general. Yes. I think one thing too that really underwhelmed me a little bit was the use of those new abilities in the game. The scan mm-hmm. was perfect. The scan was a good was <laughs> I wanted good. to talk to
0: you about the scan. Yeah,
1: the scan the scan in my opinion was a great way to let gamers feel comfortable finding secrets in their own way because Metroid's always been that game that's like. I have to aim at every single block and pixel in the room to find the secret. Is there a secret in here? I have no idea. I have the map that unveiled the whole map. So I have an idea, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't always necessarily work for some people. Right. Whereas with the scanner, it's like, Hey, there are secrets. It doesn't tell you where all the secrets are, but in this vicinity, there's secrets nearby. It flashes the tiles in the room. So you know that that's where to look it saves a lot of time in the looking for secret style so that if you're speed running or you're on a, you're in a hurry, you're trying to get to the end goal, you can use it more accessibly versus like remembering every single pixel, every single frame of where you need to go. Right. Yeah. So I, that one, that one works really nicely, the scan ability.
0: I, I have mixed uh, mixed feelings about the scan pulse because to me it almost feels like a solution to a problem that doesn't need to exist. There's no reason for breakable blocks to look identical to non-breakable blocks. Sure, and sometimes you're talking, they do you're look talking different. aesthetically, where it like yeah. visually looking at them, looking at the world. I think you should be able to tell what you can and can't destroy. Maybe yeah. you don't have the right thing to blow it up. Well, setting the standard
1: of of game design. Looking at it, and you're going. If I'm looking at 10 blocks and one of these blocks is a little bit discolored or has a little rubble in it, right. then you're telling the gamer there's something wrong with that block, you should probably go look at it.
0: There's even like the, the binding of Isaac way to do it, which is just have a visual difference that's subtle. You kind of have to know what to look the for. The colorization of the blocks, The color's being a little different, there might charcoal. be like a little X on it in mm-hmm. the corner, whatever. There's a way to do it that's back in the wall yeah. shooting every pixel in the room. And and creating an ability that shows you where those hidden blocks are. To me, it feels like now I feel like I have to scan constantly because you're going to be hiding shit everywhere. Yeah. This gives the designer the ability to hide shit in every room because you can just hit a button to see where it is. Sure. So blowing up a thing on the wall and then having a missile upgrade doesn't feel exciting. And it never really did. Maybe as like an extra bonus of, oh, wow, I didn't think there was anything there. That could be fun. But now it's, it's like they use it a lot as... Here is an entrance that leads to another room, and now here's a puzzle you have to figure out. Sure. That's like the best version of the scan pulse to me. yeah, showing you where to go to find a little secret area with a puzzle that are rewards in a, in a pickup. Well, let me ask you this, because since we're talking about the scan pulse, mm-hmm. you played Super Metroid, obviously.
1: Yeah. What did you feel? What were your opinions and thoughts of the the, the little X-ray visor the X-ray
0: visor? I think it's super cumbersome, which almost inf- incentivizes you to only use it when you have to. Sure. Whereas the scan pulse reveals everything near you, gives you a, a fair window to run around the room and like try to follow where the beeping is coming from yeah. to find where the things are, and it reveals the map, which I think is the biggest thing about it. That, that to me... You is You don't the- have to explore. You just hit a button. It's like, there's the map. Here's where the secrets are, yeah. which it, it's a game about exploration. I guess Metroid 2 is less so, which is kind of the point, but even in the framework of Metroid 2, I think there's value in uncovering the map. There's a simple joy in filling in every pixel of the map. And hitting a button to do that kind of felt cheap to me. And I didn't really... I used it a lot early in the game that I sort of thought about. I was like, why am I... It, it, this is making the game less fun for me. Yeah. I only used it when I was in a room that, because of the map, I knew, okay, there is a pickup in this room. I just don't want to spend all day shooting every block. So I'm going to, you know, use the pulse. So but the, the the visor thing in in, in so Metroid functions similarly. Um, but I think because it's so slow to move and... It, I, I don't know like I never used it that Much you're right so the, the Visor to me is a means
1: Of showing someone who's never played the game Before how to how to use it Properly like how to mm. find Secrets properly the problem is that By the time you get the visor in super metroid You've already established where secrets Are and how they work it's a
0: really late game Ability and, and you're really
1: using it more In meridia or Norfair to try and find Some of the more secretive Areas like in in meridia Right when you walk out there's that shine spark missile where you run from right to left, like train screens and shine spark straight up. You'd never notice shine spark to get that missile. If you had not used the visor to look and see that there's a little, you know, shine spark logo. So unless you bombed every wall, like unless you, unless you (laughs) bomb. Yeah. Like in that case, you're creating a long bomb chain to get to that one little pixel to then do it. And the power bomb doesn't, I
0: I did some high bomb jumps in that game (laughs) just to to see if there's anything up there. Yo,
1: that's the one thing I'll say about Sam's returns is that they made it so you could pretty much do that a lot easier. You could like almost bomb
0: wall your way to
1: some power ups if you wanted.
0: They, I agree, but also they made a change. So if you, it's like when you create a bomb, it creates this upward, uh, like, trajectory in yeah. the Samus. But if you bomb, leave and then roll back while that force is still active, it still pushes you up. Like there's a big window where even after the visual disappears, it'll still make Samus jump in the yeah. wall. So there are a lot of places where like in the bottom right corner of a room there would be a bomb wall and it's like, okay, I just want to bomb that so I can open up the the wall and then roll through. So I'm not gonna bomb in place because that's gonna shoot me up in the air and I have to fall back down and now roll through. I'm gonna roll one pixel to the left, one tile to the left, bomb it, now rolls to the right, and it would still push me up like I jumped. And I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> "Why?" Is, I mean, maybe that's like a side effect of making bomb jumping easier. Yeah, but it was still wasn't that easy. I still had to like get into the rhythm of it, like you do. Did you? I don't know. That's a, a real nitpick, but I was just I kept running into it, and I was like, "So damn. I want to
1: ask you this, and everyone at home, I'm sure, who's played." Metroid or Samus Returns probably experienced this, but did you figure out what to do with the no. the red crystals?
0: No. no. <laughs> nope. Do you want you're gonna be, I looked it up. You looked it up? Okay, yep. yeah. So I played it after the game came out. Yeah, so yeah. So
1: for me, I I'm I'm in a I'm in like a YouTube Discord chat group with with Nintendo uh. ambassadors who who get games early. And so we're always talking like, Did you figure out this? What does this mean? What does that mean? To try and help each That's other. That's a
0: really good idea. And
1: so uh I joined the, I got invited to that group late and I showed up and I got to the point where I was like, where the, what the fuck do I do? And no one knew. And then I figured it out. And I like, I was like, guys, this is how you do it. And everyone was like,
0: yeah. But
1: that moment, for those of you guys who don't know what we're talking about, in, in Samus returns you have a really big epic boss fight and you get the power bomb. Yes. And the power bomb it's obviously pretty late in the game. Too. Very late. You're yeah. you're talking like near end game status. Yeah. And you get this power bomb and the power bomb's a, a staple to the Metroid franchise. a massive white bomb sphere that blows everything up in the way. But uh you'll encounter these red crystals that you need to progress through. And everyone was thinking, are they oh,
0: required? I think they're just for, for well, for stickers. secrets, yeah. for secrets, but there's also, you pass passed them uh, through the game.
1: Yeah. And you, and because well, that's the whole thing about Metroid, Samus yeah. returns is that you encounter an obstacle. You go, I can't figure out how to get past that. That's a staple of Metroidvania. Yeah. That's and you, the genre you then get that item and you go, Oh, I can get past this. But most people who played Samus returns for the first time, blindly got to that point where they go, Okay, I have every item in the game. Why can't I get past these red crystals? Yes, and the whole thing is you're supposed to hold the uh, R or L for the spider. Is it R or L in bomb I form? Think I think it's, it's R. L. It's R. You tr- you get into spider ball form, and then you release a power bomb, and it sends you straight up in a line across the sky. It's to like, get it's where like you a shine spark
0: because the game doesn't have it's a
1: sh- it's a sh- uh, the speed boost is not there. Yes, right. it's 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 the game's shine spark to. Pre- To throw you and it was the coolest thing ever when i figured that out and the game through subtle game design tells you how to use it when you get the power bomb like when you get it it's like they they make you bomb the wall up right and so you're it's kind of like it lines up perfectly for where it is but they never tell you to hold the spider wall the spider bomb thing so you never really figured it out but if you were happen to be holding it you would realize, oh, I can just go straight up and it help you do massive shortcuts, avoid enemies,
0: things like that. That's the thing that really bothers me about that because the spider ball is required to go up walls. So there's a couple uh, horizontal rows of red spikes and the only way to get across is to roll up a wall using the spider bo- spider ball then lay a power bomb and then it'll rocket you sideways through the tunnel. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Requiring the spider bomb when you're on the ground to shoot straight up makes zero sense to me whatsoever. Yeah. It should just work if you're sitting on top of a power bomb. Yeah. It should just send you in the direction you want to go. Yeah. It should send you straight up if you're on top of it. Instead of like the regular bombs, which might bounce you to the left or right or whatever. If you're on top of a power bomb, it should just send you straight up. Yeah. And I think that would have been enough to teach players. I yeah. think I think I would have. I like to think I would have eventually figured out the horizontal ones just from like I'm on this wall. Maybe I'll try laying a power bomb, and because you're, you have to hold the R button in Spider Ball, you're mode, already
1: in that position. So you're it ready has to go. To, yeah,
0: it just sends you. But I, I do not think. I would have put it together that you have to hold Spider-Ball on the ground on to the ground. rock it off the ground. Right, right. It, which is, it's holding you to the ground. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. Uh, that, that, that bothers me. Yeah, that, that was crazy to figure out. <laughs> I, I'm glad that there's at least one thing in the game that they didn't outright spell for you. But when I looked it up, I made me feel really dumb and really mad. <laughs> yeah at the same time it wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't the same thing where you, you looked,
1: feel you feel dumb yourself of being like oh man like, why I didn't could i could have figured that out yeah and but then you're like wait but I should, but but that but doesn't the, make sense the game design <laughs> should tell me how to figure it right. out right I think Inherently. there's a way for
0: them, and and I, I guess I would need to replay that section where you get the power bomb because I don't remember there being like a teaching moment. Well, there. to be
1: fair, to be fair, uh, you fight a really epic f- boss right before it, one of the hardest bosses probably in Metroid history. Yeah, it took me quite a few tries. It took me quite a while, and then you finally, six tries. you finally beat it, and you're like on this high of like I fucking whooped his ass! Yes, Oh, I get the power bomb. Sweet! All right, let's get out of here. Like you're yeah. not, you're not <laughs> thinking to like. Oh, the power
0: bomb. What can I do with this? It's like, you know what it is. Well,
1: I gotta go. (laughs) It's never worked like this.
0: It's always been a room clearing kind of
1: move. Open doors, clear the
0: room, kill enemies, remove blocks that are in the way. If you're new to Metroid or a Metroid vet, you're both going to approach this as, oh, this is a really powerful bomb. Yeah. Which actually, maybe if you're new to Metroid, think, oh, maybe I can use this to fire up. But then you wouldn't use the spider ball to rocket yourself up. It's true. Makes me mad.
1: The other other things before we move on, Mm -hmm. they drive me crazy. Are, I love, I like the use of the scan pulse. I love mm. the armor. I use the armor all. The, the armor time. was a great thing. I oh, it was like my passive. This game doesn't
0: pull its punches. It no. really does damage on unit. hard mode and fusion mode. It is required. Yeah. Those
1: you need it. You need it.
0: Yeah, pretty much every boss battle. I, I had the, the the green armor on. Right. The
1: time warp and the <laughs> massive <laughs> charge pulse blaster thing. Yeah, I used him for the small one or two moments where I had to, and I never used him ever again. And it, it, yep it felt weird because the game made such a big deal of, you're going to get these four power-ups that do these four different things. Mm -hmm. And I ended up only using two the whole game. Right. One in combat,
0: one in exploration. Exactly. And,
1: and I, it bummed me out because, uh, there were those moments where I finally, you know, you have to find those tall, like vine flowers and you can only shoot them with the, with the, with the, I think it's the pulse blaster with the yellow. Yeah. The yellow pulse blaster. And you're like, what if I don't have any more meter? What do I do? Yeah, and you're, and you're stuck. There's that one area and area two. Oh, well, there is like a tunnel with two of them. Yeah, and you're just like, I can't.
0: Well, if, if you if you shoot them for a while without using that, they spit out a bunch of bugs. Yeah, but so those bugs would give you some of that aon meter back.
1: True, true. But but that was there like eh, this could get you trapped. So in that hallway, they don't spawn because there's no really? there's no upper way for them to get out. Because oh, they're fuck. they're attached to the wall, so your only option is to leave by going down the elevator you just came up or down the area, and so you're like, oh, I'm stuck here, and so you have Whoa. to like go down, <laughs> collect some, and then go all the way back. That's a bummer. Every other time when you find them, you're in open area. Yeah, you can just you jump can over shoot. Them. You can jump over them, or you can shoot those things that come out. But yeah. in that hallway, they don't come out, so you're just like, well, I guess I'm stuck here. <laughs> I guess um, this is where I live. This now. this is my home. My my new neighbors. Wow. Um, but then yeah, and and the in the time mechanic, while it was super fun, super interesting, super cool, it was just had kind of, no use for it.
0: It was their version of the speed boost, I guess. It was like but the, even it, less It useful. was the reverse. Yeah. It was yeah. like, oh, I could slow down time and run around with it. I remember when I got it, my my imagination ran wild and I was like, oh, there's gonna be a boss who who's coming up who's that's really I, fast. That's what I was and waiting And I'm gonna have to remember too. to mm-hmm. use this to slow him down so I can get in some shots, and then I'm gonna have to like farm some Aeon energy off of him or something. And it never happened. What, one, the thing too, to, since we're talking about bosses
1: now. Sorry, we just keep going on and on. Yeah. Um. Some of them the, the I actually really liked fighting the forty Metroids. I think yeah. their evolution of how like each one felt a little different, a little faster, or a little a little more evolved. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of complaints of people going, "Oh, I got tired of it." And it's like, well, did you learn how to fight them? Because to me. Getting better and better at fighting them was one of the coolest aspects. I didn't know this, and maybe you figured it out uh, figured this out. If you the ice beam to me was like the dumbest weapon in this game at first. Like hmm. I like shooting enemies, but like they freeze and that's it. Like they just they shoot they freeze temporarily in Metro in previous Metroids. Ice beam goes through them and it kills them. So you're you're not really needing the necessity to switch to the ice beam. It's a stackable gun. Right. And this one, it's a different. Beast you have, to, you have manually
0: switch over to it
1: right and i never figured out why it was so important until i realized that you can freeze the metroids with a full charge shot yep. once that happened oh my god i was ripping metroids apart left and right especially the small starting ones you shoot them once they can't do their moves and you just bring them down in two or three shots it, it,
0: it breaks them out of their cycles too where the ones that that fly around and like swoop down they'll yeah like instantly go into their land and like counterable state. Yeah. Uh, I Even, instantly thought about that as soon as I got the ice beam because that's like, to me that's like a staple of Metroids is use the ice beam on them. I and never, them I, like I
1: never really thought about <laughs> just it. Just didn't
0: put it together. No, and so I, yeah. I I don't know why. I don't know how you would figure that out unless you were just experimenting because... Right. Again, that's like as someone who's played a lot of Metro games. That's like what you do is you freeze them, shoot them with missiles.
1: But but similarly to that of the of those Aeon abilities, though the ice beam from a platforming perspective is required in a few moments and a cut, like three, and then never again, and then never again. And so yeah. and to me, like the way that they use the ice beam, it feels like it was designed for that. And so if you don't really teach the person how to use that, or really know how to incorporate the charge beam in that way. Like, you would never really know to to do that. And, like, yeah. you force the, them because the last Metroid in that area, when you get the ice beam, like, you have to, there's no way to get up there unless you have the ice beam and you know what to do. And the whole time, for the first run of the game, I was, like, spamming the ice beam, like, please stay frozen, please stay frozen, please <laughs> right. stay frozen. And then I realized, oh, I
0: can charge it up. I'm an idiot. But it took me a while to get that there. That actually took me a long time to figure out that they stay frozen for longer if you charge it. They stay the... a lot longer when they're frozen. Yeah, because I was I was doing the same thing of like like freeze 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 like jump off down one freeze 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 to jump off like like not thinking it through. Yeah, I'm, not, it, it I'm was... not a very smart boy. <laughs> um. But yeah, I did I did like the evolution of them. The only one that I really disliked is the one that travels to different rooms because it just kills the pacing of the fight. You mean the... He's, oh, yes! It's like phase three or oh, something. Oh my goodness, you're right. Because he's I, an interesting fight and, and the, there's like an electrified version of him in the lava areas, which is interesting. But then like at a random point in the fight, he's like, I'm going to leave. And then you the, have to find a new arena to fight him in and it just sucks.
1: The, the thing that I had to learn pretty quickly considering I had to speed run the game three times again was realizing that you could actually stop those guys from leaving the room if you kill them fast enough. Really? Yeah, if you got good enough at killing them when you were fighting them, you could kill them before they leave the room. Thank God for that. But That's a lot of pressure. That means that you have to... Just be perfect in your execution to stop them from leaving, killing right. them. And that, again, I'm with you. That was a huge pacing killer for me, especially because there are moments where the rooms are not next to each other. They no. are in theory, but you're, you know, there's that one lava room where you're like, go in the top right corner and you have to like, go into the Norfair area-ish, and then there's like a room to the left, a right. room to the right, and a room to the top right corner. And they don't really connect that well, so you have to jump up from one, roll the, ball to the other. The first other. time I fought
0: that Metroid, I visited the other two rooms before I found the one he was yep. in. Yep. And that didn't feel good. No, because I was like, oh, this isn't gonna be fun at all.
1: Yeah. And you're sitting like, Where where's the hell's the Metroid? The, yeah and the my little pulse is going thing up. is like, oh, there's a Metroid nearby. Yeah, I'm like,
0: I know there's a Metroid. I'm trying nearby. to find him. He's I don't here want somewhere. to find him. This Yeah, sucks. <laughs> But all the other ones I, I thought were interesting and they all evolved in interesting ways. And and they progressively become more they they go from being like standard ish enemies, like beefy enemies to mini bosses to bosses. And like yeah. there's like a very clear gradient to them, mm-hmm. which I thought was cool. Um, and I remember the same thing you said earlier when you first arrive, and you're like, "I have to kill forty of these. That's where do I fucking start?" Yeah. And then by the end of the game, I was like, "Oh, there's not that many left." Yeah. Oh no, this game's almost over. Yeah, yeah. There's like
1: five left, and you're like, "Oh shit, I'm in like the last that area. moment when you're in the last metro, and it's like, here's ten more." I'm like, "Oh no!" Yeah, like, that, <laughs> that was
0: cool. That was cool there's there's some cool end game stuff. Um, actually, so just earlier today, I was watching. Um, do you know Mark Brown? Game Maker's Toolkit. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I love his stuff. I follow him on Twitter. He He's Absolutely. a smart smart fellow. Smart fellow. Love that guy. And uh, he put out a video because he actually played through the original Game Boy Metroid 2. And I'm like, props to him for that. Yeah. He had a lot of really interesting points about how there's a lot of tonal stuff in the Game Boy game that isn't really carried over. I, mean, I think he said like AM2R is a little bit more successful, but that Samus Returns kind of throws away a lot of the... Oh, you're killing a species. side to the game that this is this is space genocide. What you're committing, and I guess at the end of the game, um, not to to kind of vaguely get into spoilers without like specifics. If at the end play, of the if original, you,
1: if you've played Super Metroid, you know what happens. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, In the first two seconds they tell you exactly.
0: Um, but so at the very end of Metroid Two, the original Game Boy one, but when you're approaching the final boss, there's no enemies. It's completely empty, and there's like almost no music. You, you beat the boss, there's that last Metroid that you that you don't kill, um, and then it's no enemies on the way out. You just sort of leave with the Metroid, and then that's it. And then Metroid, I almost called it Metroid Returns again. Samus Returns, there's enemies in the whole lead up to the final boss. It's this big ramp up thing. It doesn't give you this introspection of, oh, I'm killing a species. It's just, oh no, you got to fight the end boss. And then, While you're escaping with that Metroid, there's enemies everywhere. And it's it's a version of the same music, but it's like super high tempo and energetic. It's not at all the same tone. And then there's another thing at the end of the game that's not just, oh, you leave. There's a little bit more there um i was hoping the met the metroid would be your
1: companion in the sense that it like stuns enemies or like makes them weak i
0: did like what they did with it though that there is there is like a gameplay and it was another one of those things where the entire game you're like how do i do that and then you get the metroid and you're like you go, oh, oh like yeah. that was that was a cool moment uh, i don't want to go into super detail on that, sure sure but um overall i did think it was interesting that that playing through samus returns i was like oh cool like i I get all these beats. They make sense. And then compared to the original kind of shitty looking Metroid 2 on the Game Boy, it's like this game had more going on than I gave it credit for yeah. originally. So watch Mark Brown's video. I, I, I recommend it. I would
1: love to revisit. Now that I've, I'm done with the game, I want to go back and play M2R again. I yeah. want to play the original. I want to like see how it all kind of lines up. And again, going back to the importance of Metroid, uh I hope the game sells well. I hope people support it. I hope that yeah. I, I How long has it been since Zero Mission? Like 12 oh, years or some, some shit. 12 since Zero Mission, 7 since Other M. So <sighs> 7 years, a whole Jeez. console generation we skipped Wii U baby. We went straight oh, to yeah. to we switched well, to Don't Wii. get me started on F0. Oh, I know. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Someday maybe. Someday maybe. Well, again, it goes back to the support. Like Right. If the numbers it's hard are, to support if it doesn't exist, Gerard. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but you know, I think it's a matter of of showing the companies. I mean, because it's 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 a tough balance, right? Like, look at Sega. Like, I didn't. I don't really care for the newer 3D Sonic games we've gotten in the past few years, sure. and. I don't like, think that's a controversial opinion. Well, sure. Well, you know, like I'm I'm one of the few guys that love Sonic Adventure
0: series, even though they, oh, me too. they have their flaws. I love They're super janky and broken, but I'm very nostalgic for them.
1: Yes, yes. I, I, I love like I love almost every 3D Sonic with the exception of the storybook series. Um and I was not into Sonic Heroes. Sonic Heroes, I think, was the last game I that I there. thought was okay. In my... Yeah. Opinion. Like, Sonic Generations is great because it's back to basics nostalgia, but... Adventure 2 Battle was the last time before Mania I was like, Sonic's fun. Yeah, so- Sonic Adventure 2 Battle is, is my favorite 3D Sonic game. It's like the one that was like, this is this is what it is. This is what a Sonic game is. Right. Um, admittedly, I haven't really... I, I've played a lot of Sonic Unleashed for my Defendant video, and I actually think... Sonic Unleashed has a lot of great qualities to it. It's just, it's kind of a situation of, like, it's got a good half game in it. It's, like, half of it is pretty decent. The other half,
0: that, that's, I don't know what happened. I, I I don't know why I take a perverse pleasure in, in kicking Sonic fans. There's something about, like, beating a dead horse, I guess. But it's 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 whenever, before Mania, there there it's been a long time since there was, like, a good Sonic game, like, objectively good. Because you can find fun things about literally any of them if you... If you're a Sonic fan, like that's, it's subjective. <laughs> um, But the uh, I just always love that, that Sonic fans point. It's like, there's a, like Sonic Unleashed is great. Half of it. And like, this is your franchise that you love and support. And you're like, yeah, the best one that came out recently is only half good. Well, I think. Maybe I think, pick a better franchise well, to, I, I to wave I, your flag around. I don't know. I don't know. It's, to me, I actually
1: like a lot of Unleashed. I like I've heard that the normal Sonic stuff is really solid. I actually also like the Werehog stuff. I think it just depends... Like, to me, the problem with the Werehog stuff isn't the Werehog himself, isn't his moves or his combat. It's the way that these levels were designed. Because Mm. they designed the Werehog levels to be... A lot bigger than the than the Sonic the regular Sonic levels are. And so levels end up being eight to twelve minutes long as opposed to a Sonic level. Usually on average is three to five minutes. Right. It's like and a pop song. And you're also a slow hedgehog who's beefy. So like while it's fun to go through and beat dudes up, it's a much slower experience. And so that's where the the, the divide comes. And and mm. um to me, I, I think Unleashed is, is a is a fine game. I think it's fun. I think to me the like the worst of the worst where I had to kind of put my hands up and go, I'm the, the two the two Sonic games that I am I can confidently say I really dislike are Sonic O Six and Sonic Boom. The rest the rest of Sonic games fair yeah the and, and the storybook series those the yeah. Black Knight and and, and they just Sonic Arabia those out. yeah those those four games are are th- in my opinion the ones. What about, that- what
0: about Sonic Four Episode One?
1: I didn't pl- I didn't play it. No one did. I don't I I didn't <laughs> play episode 2. I don't Let's let's go back to Metroid. <laughs> right. But the point yeah, the point yeah, I was yeah, making yeah, is yeah. is Sonic so, people still support Sonic. Yes. And and I have a feeling Sonic Forces is going to be hopefully in not going to be the next generation of Sonic games, but hopefully a fresh start. Right, right. And I, but I think that Sonic fans unlike Metroid fans are supporting the games they are buying the sonic games whether they're right. good or bad sonic boom has a, has a fan base people paid for sonic boom you know they're right. they're they're showing and i think that's that's the strength of sonic fans is that they still believe in the blue blur when everyone else shits on them all the time right they're there for him mario it's, is always going to have those fans metroid's important because not only did metroid establish a very large genre of game but we haven't seen a Metroid game in years and so this mm-hmm. is Going to show Nintendo hey we want this And a lot of people will say well you Shouldn't have to show a company support To prove you want more of a game and it's like well
0: Right if, if you're not if, your friend
1: If you yeah but if you Don't if you if you Don't like a movie franchise and you don't support it, there's not going to be a sequel. If you're obsessed with it and you're like, "Oh man, I love this so much! I want, I want this to be a sequel." You, Adam, you're going to want to see the movie again, pay for it, buy merchandise, show your support, to say, "Hey,
0: I want to see a sequel to this movie." So th- that's that's actually a really good point because I, I I wanted to say that like I, I I agree and I disagree with you. This is actually this is part of the conversation we had earlier in, mm. the, in the podcast because mm. um, I think I, I I totally agree that you should encourage. Companies to produce content that you like, and and your dollar is the best way to do that. But I I don't think that you should blindly support. Oh, of course not. So it's like, <laughs> well, it's like so that like, there's a distinction between buy buy Samus Returns and and play it, and hopefully you'll love it like like I did because I really enjoyed it. Like I I love shitting on stuff because it's fun to pick things apart, but. It's it's I think easier to talk about what's fun about it, and it's harder to pick apart something you enjoyed. Yeah. And I really enjoyed Samus Returns. I think I got my 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 money's worth out of it, and I only played through it once. I didn't even touch hard mode. Um, I got all the the, the collectibles, and I got that weird secret Chozo thing, which freaked me out. Yeah, yeah. Don't know, yeah. We don't have to get into that, but that was uh, uh, that was unexpected. Um. And I guess leaves it open for a sequel, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I, I would love to see an original Metroid game with this sort of engine. I think that could be really good. Yeah. Um, with custom controls. Uh, so, <laughs> it's so easy. I it's so easy. I'm, what do I know? I'm not a game developer, but you well, know. Well, the, 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 the trick is to, when you're coding in the the, the, the the controls, you don't say, A button does this. You do, the jump button does jump. And then you elsewhere define what the jump button is. Right. That's that's how you do it. You add an extra step. Hey, Super Me- Super Metroid has that customization built into it. They sure do. They sure the and control settings. Twenty-five years old.
1: There you go. It's in it's in the it's in the bread right there. Yep. It's free publicity
0: for an extra <laughs> for an extra hour and a half of work. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just I, I I think I don't think it's it's this weird dilemma that I have where it's like on the one hand I kind of wish that I bought. Federation Force just to show Nintendo please make more Metroid, just don't make this Metroid. Sure. But it's also the kind of thing where like, what if Federation Force was the best-selling Metroid and everyone bought it just to support Metroid but no one played it? Then Nintendo goes, oh, let's only make games like this. Yeah. It's also a waste of your money if you're buying something you don't like. I mean, hey. So if you're buying Sonic games just because you love Sonic and you don't love the games, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. That's your choice. It's your fucking dollar. But I don't think... It's it, that's that's why it's like I I'm, I'm conflicted because I agree that if we want to see more of something you need to spend your dollar on it that's the only thing at the end of the day that's going to get this stuff to happen yeah and a, a game like Metroid will never sell as well as a Mario or a Zelda that's just the nature of what their genres are <laughs> but. We can show them that there's a real a real audience for this. There's a real audience. I mean, they're making Prime Four. They put out Samus Returns. Samus Returns clearly alludes to future stuff that could happen. Yeah. Um for as plot light as it is, which I love Metroid being very light on plot. I love that they give you the the window dressing. Yeah. And then they give you little details and then it's they up to just, you to piece the picture It just piece together. gives you this little world to inhabit and and I, I think they do it very well. Um Well, let me ask you this then, since we're we're at we're at that
1: topical essence of like blind support right i just did a video recently i brought back defend it because uh defend it was a series i did a while ago and the fans through patreon were like we want to see more of it and so Mm -hmm. because of them we're able to make it like a monthly series again nice uh, which i'm very grateful for but one of the uh the game we chose out the gate, which really upset a lot of people was <laughs> final fantasy 13 oh. because, uh, I'm one of the people out there that actually really likes the game. Uh, I love everything about it except the story. And that to me is like such a shitty thing. Cause like the story should be the reason to play a game. It should be the reason why like it's an RPG good. RPG to like an RPG of all the things. You know, I put a hundred I think 114 hours into final fantasy 13. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, a lot of people who who bash me on the video didn't like listen to the whole thing. They just kind of like reached the point where they were like, "Nope," and turned it off, and that's mm-hmm. fine. But I think uh, I think Square, en- but Square Enix, and this is the thing: the the key is listening. Mm-hmm. Square Enix heard the feedback for 13. They were like, "Okay, we we get it." Mm-hmm. Um, Final Fantasy 13 two is going to take all everything we talked, everyone that was, everything that was complained about, and we're going to fix it in the, in the sequel. And, and, and the reason why 13, in my opinion, got so much in 13, one, 13, two, 13 three, the reason why this existed was because they invested so much money into their engine. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, we need to make our investment back on in the engine to at least go forward to make another game. Right. And so, 13, not a very solid story. Characters were all over the place, but the combat was super fun. The music was super engaging and all the RPG element stuff, if you stuck to it, actually ends up coming in full circle towards the end. I couldn't tell you the plot. like, It's really confusing and right. within an hour you're like... <gasps> Has
0: there been a straightforward Final, Final Fantasy <clears throat> plot since the first one?
1: Um, Since the first one? I, I, Final Fantasy 6, I think, is the most easy and consumable plot. It's... Hmm. It's it's the empire, right? Like the right. empires on the rise, and we and we are the rebellion. It's it's the Star Wars, you know. Yeah. Like there's the empire, and we okay, have to handle six. it. Since six, since six, seven to me also makes sense. But I'm also I'm also very to you. It makes I'm, sense. I'm I'm a historian on Final <laughs> Fantasy seven. Right. I will admit that
0: uh, from the they, outside it looks like bonkers madness
1: on the outside it's madness seven in its in its containedness makes sense Mm -hmm. seven in the we need to sell comic books movies and extra games the the advent children side of it it kind of stretches everything else out although crisis core is incredible crisis core is like back to basics almost Mm -hmm. um but um you know and but to, to your point right like that they get more fantastical with Final fantasy 15 that was them going Hey, we know with 13 was tough. We're gonna kind of redo everything. And I think and they but again, they learned a lot, they committed to their mistakes, they they really embraced the change of what was 13 to make 15 really great. Mm-hmm. But once again, for me, the biggest problem was they got ahead of themselves in the story. I love Noctis, I love his bro crew, I love driving around, I love the atmosphere in the world and the characters they interact with. But once again, terminology that doesn't exist. Terminology that doesn't exist. This is the way that exists. This you character shows up. gotta watch a movie
0: up. to get the backstory.
1: Right, right. And and so, again, they're kind of world building for franchise sake as opposed to just keeping itself contained. Like making a good game that you can just experience. Right. But if you, again, going back to 13, which we're going to move on, <laughs> the point of it is that the franchise got the support it needed because the game at the core of it was fun. Mm -hmm. The five, Fantasy 13 is fun, but you look at the story and it dilutes the fun. It makes you hate playing the game. It makes you feel like you're out of control. Mm. And so the sales numbers, the reviews, everyone said the game was fun. It was the most innovative 13 of game in a while. It's not saying a lot considering that five, Fantasy 12 was the last one. And there was, a long time between the release of 12 and 13 right different engines different stories different directors different, different platforms different, right? different platforms it jumped generations yeah. twice almost and so it creates all this controversy and so in that case how do you support a company like Square where you're going I want to support the next Final Fantasy 13.3 is is like I can't talk about it it like makes me visibly and audibly upset hmm. because it's so different than what 13, 1 and 2 were And it also just doesn't feel it doesn't feel like it was the right thing. It was the Versace sellout of it. You know, like the minute you saw 13 or lightning have Versace brand deals, you're like, I'm out like this is just too much. Um, So I guess this is the balance of it all. How do you support a company who you want to keep making franchises and you want them to keep growing and you want them to keep bringing back Mario and Sonic and Zelda and Final Fantasy and, Mm -hmm. and embrace that nostalgia of what the fans love And hope in that crapshoot that your money is going to make the franchise better and more games and create more stuff. Like it's it's such a hard thing to tell. And I think, you know, like some people have it right. Like the Persona fans are like so stoked because personas (laughs) just get better and better and if they where they don't get better people are like but we have this persona still so we're all good right and so there has to be a middle ground where we as a community can go we want to support this game but how do we avoid that blind fatigue how do we it's it's so hard it's like a i I think it's a bubble that we can't figure out
0: yeah i i think the the answer is to if you're, you know, willing and able to to make that purchase and join the conversation. Right? Yeah. Because I think the biggest danger is criticizing something sight unseen. Mm-hmm. Like people shitting on Federation Force just because of it existing. Yeah. And granted, I was one of those people who was upset. Not, I mean, I might have been a little bit upset publicly. I don't want to say, like, I wasn't upset publicly. It's like, eh, I might have been. I don't yeah. don't But um, at the very least... When there's something like that, I mean, I guess the big, the big frustration with Federation Force was it was the first Metroid in so, so long. And I, you got to kind of look at Nintendo and be like, what were you guys thinking? when When it's like, if that came out a year from now after Samus Returns, there would still probably be backlash, but less so. Because it's like, well, we did just get a new Metroid.
1: This is the essence of it's the game that no one asked for. It's
0: a game that no one asked for. It's a spinoff. It's something unique and different. Doesn't really fit the current vision of that franchise, of that brand. And on top of that, it's been like 10 years since we got a Metroid game. So it's like, it's like if we had to, it's like if we finally get a new mother game and it's a kart racer. You know? Or a card game. Or a card game. Or or just like, th- there's so many... We finally get a new F-Zero, you know? And it's a Mario Party clone. And it's just like... You'd be like, no one asked for this. Why is this happening? And even if it was a good game, no one would give it the time of the day because of the context that it came out in. Were you watching so, when they announced...
1: that You were watching the, the Nintendo press conference, right? When everything was happening. When they were like... When the Direct for, was happening for E3 this year? This year, yeah, yeah. Was it strange, was it strange to you that they announced... Samus returns after they had their press conference. Very strange.
0: Like, especially considering it just came out, and it's like E3 was yesterday. Why? Yeah,
1: yeah they were like,
0: like by the way, they were low key. They were like,
1: oh, and uh, like, here. Do they want it
0: to fail? I don't understand.
1: It was so confusing to me. I was yeah. so confused because, especially because I've always wanted to play Metroid Two on in a more updated finesse. That's, it's something I never knew I wanted. Yeah, frankly. and the fact that they were like. Oh, uh, so here. welcome to E3. Here's a Nintendo Treehouse. Here's a couple of games you talked about. Oh, and now we're going to bring in uh, some of the devs who worked on Metroid Samus Return. It's a new Metroid game coming out. And, uh, and here's some gameplay. Here's some gameplay. And everyone in the world was like about to turn off their TV. And they're like, wait, wait, what? Yeah. And they get back. And that, to me, may attribute us to why... I don't know if Metroid returns is selling well but it only just came out like a week ago so it's hard, to, it's, hard it's hard to say but um i i'd like to know what the what that impression translation does was. well i
0: hope so too it was a lot of fun i i think probably either way prime 4 will probably sell pretty good if, as long as it shapes up and looks decent yeah because i was never a huge fan of the pointer controls on metroid 3 Metro Prime 3? Yeah. I, w- I, I thought I w- there was some interesting stuff, but overall, it's like, I don't want to do that again. Again,
1: just let the player decide how they want to <laughs> play the game. Right. But
0: it's like with the Switch, you know, it's going to have minimal motion waggle. Um, so I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I, hopefully, we'll, we'll see stuff soon. But yeah, I, absolutely. With E3, I my, my impulse was... Like, I went through almost, like, the five stages of grief in, like, a split second. I was just, like... Like, I, I was bewildered. I was in denial. I, I became angry. Uh, I, I remember getting a lot of backlash on Twitter because I was tweeting. I was watching that gameplay demo, and they went to the first Chozo statue. When you enter that room, the camera slowly pans over to the Chozo statue, and then it pans back to Samus, and then it zooms out, like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't fucking need that in Metroid! And I was really scared... That, that this game was gonna be super handholdy and super like, oh, there's a Chozo statue. Samus, you have to shoot it with your beam to get the, pa- it's like, just make Metroid Just it's, We got it we, we played Super Metroid We know how this shit works
1: It lasted for about um, Two seconds in, yeah, the, in the starting game Thank and god It's the starting
0: game it happens once And then never again yeah. And it's like There's there's like little cutscenes When you get the new Aeon abilities But for the most part It is relatively hands off mm-hmm. There aren't big Strings of dialogue Explaining how things work You get a little snippet of text That says Oh by the way Grapple Beam automatically changes When you lock on Which to apparently I ignored <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> Because you're a Metroid player <laughs> um, We don't need that shit Yeah Um uh, but but I was, like, like terrified. I was like, don't you... And I was, like, tweeting, like... They fucking zoomed in on the Chozo statue. I can't believe it. And everyone's like, dude, calm down. We're getting a new Metroid game. And it's like, yeah, but they're fucking it up. And <laughs> I'm glad I was wrong. I'm glad it was just the one time. But I, I like, I had some weird, like, emotional whiplash going on. Because it just came out of nowhere. It could have been the tenth pull of their E3 presentation. Like, like Mario Odyssey, Super WoW. Like, can't wait. Exciting. By the way, there's a new Metroid coming out in, like, three fucking months. Like... That would have blown my pants off. And for them to low key be like, so here we are with uh Yoshi Yuma-san or whatever his name is, Metroid Guy, and we're gonna play Metroid 2. And it's like, What? And I think they give Prime 2, Prime 4 like a little splash screen during the the conference. That's right? all it was. It was just, it was just, just a logo a
1: logo in development. I remember I remember uh Jimmy Jimmy Sunder mm-hmm. like every year He's the guy who's like <laughs> he's the guy in the back who's like bring back Metroid. What about Metroid? What about Metroid? And yeah. so, like I remember, Where's Mother Three. I, I know, right? <laughs> bring back Mother Three. To, bring mother, mother Three to America. Yeah. Um. I just seriously, rem- time that you should. Uh, phew, come on. Um. <laughs> Clyde did it for you, Clyde. You're right? They are offering it. Just take Clyde's ROM He will. He already it. said he would. He did the work. <laughs> just give him a credit in the beginning. That's all. I will buy it twenty times. Well, I'll buy it twice. I'll buy it on every platform. If you that put it I, on Switch and three DS, I'll buy it on both. Yes. I'll buy it on the Wii U. Fuck it. Let's go. I'll boot it up.
0: If they put it out it's only on the Wii U, I'll be like, all right, taking my
1: Wii U out of the box. All right, there we go. <laughs> all right, there we go. Now, the Wii U is my mother machine. <laughs> mother 1, 2, and 3 on Wii U. Let's yep. go. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, Sorry. No, it's fine. But uh, I remember <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy Jimmy just was like, bring back Metroid. And it finally it was like, Metroid 4. And it was like, oh, thank God. And, you know, yay. And then, like, 20 minutes later, and he, I think he tweeted... And I'm sure everyone out there will go look at the tweet. It's just a it's a video of him like recording himself, like walking (laughs) up to the screen, watching, and he's like, "Fuck!" like yelling full voice.
0: (laughs) That makes me happy. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad Metroid's back. I hope it stays. I hope the genre stays. And you know what's fascinating to me is looking. If you go to a franchise page on Wikipedia, they give you these little timelines where they'll have. Y- they'll have every release in order of its release mm-hmm. and then they will have like a light green square if it was a year that didn't have anything and a dark green square if it did have a release and you can see like a franchise like like zelda where it's like oh yeah like we used to have to wait like several years and then like around the GameCube era it was like still waiting a bit then the wii era was like oh you're getting all these spin-offs and like crazy shit now there's like a zelda every year and like it- and then it kind of slowed down a bit and then you look at metroid and it's like bursts of interest in metroid like Around the early 90s, you had Metroid 2 and you had Super Metroid. Then nothing until Metroid Prime. Nothing in the N64. She was in Smash Bros. That was it. Yeah. Then we get Metroid Prime and Fusion the same day, which is bonkers. (laughs) Who approved that decision? (laughs) And then you get
1: Zero Mission. And they interact together for that matter. Right,
0: which is like, how did this happen? Uh, After like a 10-year drought of no Metroid, uh, and then you have the, the Prime Trilogy, you have Other M, and then nothing. Mm-hmm. It's just like you have these bursts of Nintendo trying it out, and then getting it wrong, and then giving it up. It's like, it's like it's not a Zelda that can weather, or like a Mario, or like these big temple franchises, that can weather the occasional misfire. Yeah. Where it's like, even if people weren't into Skyward Sword, they're right back there for the next one. Mm-hmm. With something like Metroid, because it's an underperforming series compared to those franchises, it seems like they're more like, oh, we, we stepped on attack, time to just kill it all, put it in the bunker, into the vault, and no one can touch it again. But that's
1: fascinating to think about, because Skyward Sword sold. Like, people bought Skyward Sword. And it required
0: the, the extra Wiimote, too. And people bought
1: that to go with it. Yep. And, it and it sold That's the, the power of Zelda. It, ex- it sold the experience, but when the Wii U came out, we had things like, oh, Wind Waker came back, Wind Waker sold really well... Uh, Twilight, Twilight Princess. Princess sold very well. It reminded why. It, it like fixed everything that was wrong with the original Twilight Princess ports and or port for the Wii. Mm-hmm. And now Breath of the Wild comes out and the world wept. Like yeah. everyone <laughs> universally
0: was and like Jesus
1: wept. <laughs> <laughs> um and in between that we had remakes of Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, we had Link right. Between Worlds, Just lots Triforce of Triforce Heroes, yeah. Triforce uh uh, the costume one that was the that was the sh- Star Force Heroes. Sorry, I meant uh, Hyrule Warriors. Oh yeah, yeah. Hyrule Warriors. Yeah. It was a fun time. Yeah. It was crazy, but it was fun.
0: Right. Um. But it was a long time between like actual big real Zelda games. Yes. Yes, it was. But but they they found ways to keep people interested. I mean, I I shouldn't say Link Between Worlds isn't a big real Zelda game because that's probably one of my favorite Zelda games. Oh, I I. That as, game is amazing. As
1: someone who thinks that Link to the Past is the best Zelda game, I go back and forth every day with whether <laughs> yeah. I think Link Between Worlds is better or not. It's
0: fucking great. Yeah, it's so um, good. I'll have to go back and replay that someday. Yeah. But I, I, I would love to see Metroid reach that kind of a status where we do get the, the occasional misstep in Federation Force, other M, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then a couple years later, we get the, the new one and we're all happy again. Like, it's a it's a series. And I think... The fact that it has spawned an entire genre, It's originally I wasn't sure if we were just going to talk about Samus Returns or just Metroidvanias in general, clearly went more towards the former, which I'm fine with.
1: Yeah. But, but it spawned we, the Metroidvania we should try,
0: genre. We should definitely
1: label the pot, the, <laughs> pot, the podcast more Metroid-based than Metroidvania. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, but just like to kind of uh, end this conversation with a brief topic, uh, yeah. talking about Metroidvania real quick... Um, I'm partially convinced the only reason it's called Metroidvania is because calling it a Metroid clone or a Metroid-like is just l- more unwieldy, because I I have not played m- any of the Castlevania, Metroidvania games. Uh, the only Castlevanians I've played are like the old-school ones on the NES. Um, and a little bit of the Super Nintendo one. Uh, so I'm not as familiar with like what they did to, to change the formula, but having played multiple indie games that are labeled as Metroidvania's I think I have a pretty good idea of the sort of tent poles of that formula of, of getting additional abilities that let let you explore this open environment in different ways. And different indie games have put their own different spins on them. Like Hollow Knight is very much a Metroid type game. Mm-hmm. You very clearly have walls you cannot progress through. They're not the same as, oh, there's a door that's colored red. Mm-hmm. It's more environmental stuff. Or oh, now you got a double jump, so I can get to this ledge you couldn't before. Um, But it becomes this very mostly organic feeling of exploring this bigger and bigger space, and it helps that it's gorgeous, and the music is incredible, and and the combat's fun. Um, I've been playing a lot of SteamWorld Dig 2. SteamWorld Dig 2 is so good. fucking great. It's so good. And, And it's definitely Metroidvania, despite being very, very different than those other ones. It's not this giant... I was going to say it's not a giant grid like maze. It is a giant grid like <laughs> maze. But it, it doesn't, it's not these open areas. You're digging your way through yeah. and it becomes this almost clicker game type loop where you're getting money to then spend on upgrades to get better at getting like upgrade money. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's this loop that just digs you deeper and deeper into the world, but you're getting upgrades and abilities that let you explore different parts of the map. And it has this like linear narrative trappings on top of it mm-hmm. to sort of push you in the right directions. Um, And those games are fucking great and i and i really it's it's a franchise it's a it's a genre that i think works really well because it appeals to this basic instinct of improving as a player yeah in a way that's much more tangible than the rpg side of games where it's numbers it's a numbers game in a lot of rpgs of you might get a sense of progression when you go back to an early part of the game and now oh these enemies that are giving me trouble i can now just stomp on them but it's not your skill as a player that's making you better at the game. It's you've played it a long time. You might have a better understanding of its systems and strengths and weaknesses whatever that game has going on, but in terms of the raw ability to navigate the space, it's the exact same at the beginning as it is at the end. Yeah. In a Metroidvania, that's not the case. You are actually gaining new abilities and when it's done right, it gives you all these options in combat and exploration besides just letting you unlock the correct colored door to get to the next area. It gives you this real sense of I am getting stronger, I'm getting more powerful, and you're that's just a faster, good feeling. You're, you're it's just a very, wiser, yeah. It's just a very, it's it's like the the really dumbed down version of that is the new Doom, which is like you just get better and better guns to get better at killing things. Yeah, like it's it's not locking doors the same way, but it's just that that very real power fantasy, just done in a, lore, a slightly more elegant way, a slightly nicer little, little putting a little doily on top of your console. Have just, you played Axiom Verge? No, I need Axiom to. Verge, I've had it in my wish list forever. It's coming to Switch in a couple of weeks. You Ooh, definitely should pick it up. Okay. it's. I've never played that. I've never played Ori and the Blind Forest. There's a couple of modern Metroidvanias that I, I need to jump onto. Yeah. But. I definitely, I highly
1: recommend Axiom Verge. It's, it's a lot more in the Metroid side based on the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. But if you like desolate, empty atmosphere...
0: I sure do. Axiom Verge <laughs> is the one. I love the aesthetic of that game. Having yeah. seen bits and pieces of it, yeah,
1: it's it's a ton of fun. It's yeah. it's made by one gentleman. He put his heart and soul into it, and it's like <laughs> that blows me away. It, yeah, it's it's it was like a five year commitment.
0: It's <laughs> it's uh, I highly recommend it. It's, it's literally been in my Steam wish list for years, and I get emails every time it's on sale, and I'm like, I'm I'm juggling like ten games right now. I want to play it. I just don't have time for it right now. I actually started a couple weeks ago a note document in my phone, and I break down all the games I want to play and all the games I'm currently playing. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to restrict myself to not starting a new game until Until I knock one off the list. man. holy shit. And it's worked. I've actually finished games that I've been sitting on because I'm like, no, I want to start Mario and Rabbids, and I haven't had time because Mario Rabbids is so fun. It's great. I'm enjoying it. (laughs) And like Steamworld Dig 2 is another one. Like I I bumped on the list because I I finished Thumper, I beat Thumper finally, I finished Doom from last year finally. Yeah. Uh there's a couple other and it's just like it's 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 I I have a terrible habit of just like buying every new game that I want to play and then just not having time for them. So yeah, Axiom Verge on the list. Hopefully soon. And Definitely. Ori and the Blind Forest, I watched the opening cutscene and like balled my eyes out. I was like, or, I can't. Ori 2's on the way. Fuck. Can't keep up, dude. Yeah, and Hollow Knight has all those free updates coming out. Yeah. God damn, this is too much.
1: Yo, man. It's, you know, I, I 2017, I know that's like. Everyone's always like, man, this is the best year of gaming. This genuinely 2017. It's a good fucking year. It's an incredible year. We have Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey. A new Mario and a new Zelda the same. In the same year. year. You had Sonic Mania and Metroid Samus Returns. Mm -hmm. You had Resident Evil 7. You've got Steam World Dig 2. Mm -hmm. You've got Mario Plus Rabbids. Like Uh, Splatoon 2. Splatoon 2. Mario Kart DX. Like Arms. That's uh, the tip of
0: the iceberg.
1: Yeah, like I'm just saying that the Nintendo franchises that I know well. But like mm-hmm. this year, from an any standpoint, from a AAA standpoint, from a first party standpoint, the games have been on point across the board. Every month,
0: there's been at least one release from like, fuck.
1: Yeah, every every month there's that. been there's been a tentpole. Cuphead comes out. Yeah, Cuphead's sheesh, almost here. Finally, it probably is here by the time this airs. Like, I think this might go out tomorrow. So. Oh, in that case. <laughs> Almost here, maybe.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of shit coming out at the end of the year, too. Hat in time! Hat and time is next week! Next week? Next is- week! Eight days from the day that we're recording this! That was like in the 1920s! <laughs> that Kickstarter started when Cuphead takes place! Yeah! Wow! Yeah! It's coming
1: out. We had ukulele <laughs> early this year. Like so many games. Jesus games so many games.
0: Feels good. It feels great. It's, it's a, it's, why am I an adult right now? Why can't I just be a kid? <laughs> so yeah, you all your so, so I'd have all time and no money. Yeah. Now I have money and no time. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Fuck this hobby. <laughs> why can't I just be in the movies and just spend two hours and I'm done? <laughs> Show up, do my job, and go play games. Yeah. <laughs> Gerard, thank you. Yeah, thanks for, for having, having me. Do you have any I'm, final thoughts about Samus Returns. Oh man.
1: Uh if if you like Metroid games, you'll like Samus Returns. Easy, what if you've easy. never easy.
0: played a Metroid game? Um Do you think it's a good place to start.
1: If you're looking for like the lore of Metroid or you're trying to find more story out of it, was to me Metroid's not really a uh lore based game so much. Um you're not gonna find much here.
0: I think Yeah, if you're looking for like a mystery to unravel, then don't, is, don't look at metroid yeah
1: yeah there it's not about the story it's it's not it's about the atmosphere that paints the story they
0: give you enough story to say go yes i think super metroid probably does it best with super, just like
1: super metroid because that opening whew, has a good prologue sets the set the pace like mm-hmm. you know you see samus at like an all-time high of like i'm a good bounty no a good
0: thing in in sam's turns there's no escape sequences are there not particularly.
1: No, I guess there's some uh,
0: chase sequences.
1: There's a couple of chase sequences. Yeah, that's different.
0: I think overall, if
1: you like Metroid games, you like you like Metroidvania, you like the yes. Castlevania Symphony of the Knights of the World, you'll you'll like this game. I think um, give it a chance. Uh, you know, support Metroid as best you can. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully my ramblings today didn't upset
0: too many people. <laughs> I, I think it's a I think it's a game worth supporting. I, I I had a lot of fun. Definitely, as I said, like beat it in eleven hours, and that was a hundred percent run on normal. Yeah. And I don't get eleven hours of fun out of most games that I play. I'll play it for a couple hours and be like, I'm good. Yeah. Um. But I I, I enjoyed Samstrans fully. Um. Yeah. There's definitely like a couple weird little things about it, but that's mostly in the context of compared to other metroid games. Mm. Not even other metroidvania specifically metroid, metroid. uh cuz every metroidvania has its own kind of spin on navigation on combat etc. um but yeah, i i really enjoyed this game. I thought it was probably the prettiest game i have ever played on the 3DS. Yeah, the background
1: definitely is mesmerizing. There are a lot of it's, moments I where you I played you're... it mostly in 3D
0: with the stereoscopic really? 3D on. Wow. Which i don't i there's only a couple games that I really would like recommend the 3D for. Yeah. And and this is one of them. Like there's a lot of depth to the background. There's way more to it mm-hmm. than previous Metroids where it'd be like maybe an animated sprite, but probably just some rocks. Yeah. This is like, no, there's like a whole thing going on in the background with like crab robots breaking rocks or something. Yeah. Like, there's 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 some cool little stuff back there. Um and and yeah, I just I think it's a good game and Hopefully Prime 4 is good, and hopefully we get another 2D Metroid before too long. Yeah, Dude. I'm in. Let's go. I'm always fucking, I'm always in. Yeah,
1: fuck yeah.
0: Fuck yeah. And I need to play uh, Axiom Verge. Axiom Verge. <laughs> Everyone should play Axiom Verge. It's yeah. a great game. Plus, plus, like... Well now I might wait for it to come out on Switch.
1: I think I think the reason why I love Axiom Verge so much is because I know that the money I'm spending is going to a good man who made a good game. Yeah. Like, I think that that to me, uh, like, like That's a good feeling. I know it's it's weird <laughs> to say, but like I think that's why I love any games so much. Like I know that like Meat Boy and Binding of Isaac goes to Edmund, who made a great game. And Tommy. And Tommy, yeah, of cool. course. And uh, just Meat
0: Boy, not Isaac. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like Shovel Knight, like yacht club games, great people oh, who make great games. Guys. I'm so happy that like I will buy Shovel Knight four friends to give out. I will buy it
0: on every console they port. I've, I I have literally bought that game three times. I have bought it on
1: every console except the Vita because I couldn't find the physical of it, and then they gave me a copy of it on Vita. <laughs> so I literally own Shovel Knight on every platform possible, and I'm so okay
0: with that. I mean, we've gotten to announce all their Amiibo, which has been a particular delight. Yeah. So we're we're all big fans of Yacht Club. But I, that's kind that's what, of what I love about existing in this weird pocket of the industry the like youtube side of things because we don't really deal with the same stresses a lot of those guys do we just kind of get to hang out next to them yeah and like i get to go to a pax and and meet a bunch of developers and see the cool shit they're working on and go cool and then when i get to buy it and play it i'm like neat yeah this is good yeah i i know i know what you're saying that's just like it's it's like a double recommendation it's like the game is good and the people that made it are fucking sweet and their passion is. Palpable, yeah. Like you meet the I
1: look if you go to a Pax and you see the Yacht Club booth there and you talk to anyone at the Yacht Club booth, you cannot tell me that they are stoked to play to like about Shovel Knight or anything they're working on. You you get that vibe of we they love games and they're happy to bring their game to you and that's like the whole thing. That's like the whole thing of games, right? When you were kids, you like. Like when I had Donkey Kong 64, I like grabbed my cart, went to my friend's house and was like, this fucking game is the <laughs> coolest thing ever. It's it's sharing your passion of of your hobby. And I think that's what makes this all so fun. This the reason why this cast exists, you know, mm-hmm. the passion of, of loving a game and, and being able to talk about it is so important.
0: Right. At the end of the day, I love games. I just yeah. also love breaking them apart into little pieces.
1: But I think that's the whole point. You ha- you, ha- you have to break it up so then you can You don't
0: have to. Just I, I, I to me it's not satisfying enough to just like play it and just walk my walk away. Like right. for me that's that's mostly movies. Like I don't I, I like to pick apart movies. I'm, I'm. If
1: I had a, if I was a film YouTuber, <laughs> I would have the biggest, the biggest hate train on me. Because like, <laughs> if my optimism for gaming is why everyone watches me, people would hate me for my movie opinions. Are you pessimist when it comes to movies. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. Oof. I mean, I.
0: If it's AAA
1: stuff or the big, the big triple all the big yeah. movie stuff. The yeah, I studios. like it. But like, if if it's a movie that's a classic, I'm like. We need to have a talk. Get out of here with that gun <laughs> with the Wind shit. Oh, man. It's, it's fucking don't even, garbage. Don't even get me started on Citizen Kane. I will talk. I, will I like ta-
0: Citizen Kane. I
1: like Citizen Kane, too, but, like, the... Oh, man. Different podcast. Different podcast. <laughs> so let's do a Citizen yeah. Kane
0: podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be so down. I'd have to watch it again. It's been a while. <laughs> Jared, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. Plug, plug your shit. can yeah, people find you.
1: If if you guys could actually stand my opinions for this for this whole duration, uh, <laughs> and if you want to know more about me, uh, you can check me out on YouTube.com/slash that one video gamer um, on Twitter. I'm JK completes it, and if you if that's All at all confusing for you. You can just search The Completionist, and you'll see my dumb, bearded, fat face there. You have a
0: lovely face, George. Thanks, man. I've been looking at it all day, and I'm very happy about it. Yeah, I've been
1: looking at your face. It's been fun the whole time. Thank you.
0: Yeah, man. I'm Barry. I'm at Razadoop on Twitter, and that's about that. (laughs) (laughs) What is Razadoop? I've never asked you. Um, So a username that I used to use back in the day was Razberry, my name, and then R-A-Z-Z. Yeah, yeah. Because I I was a very clever 14-year-old. And I was making a profile to play uh, a friend's Xbox. Mm-hmm. We were playing Halo co-op, and like it made you like create a profile. And I just came up with Razadupe because it just was funny. It's nonsense, but yeah. it's just like a riff on that old name. Sure. And and then when I went to make a Twitter, Raspberry was taken, so I used Razadupe, and then I got a lot of followers on that account. So now yeah. it's like followed me around, and it's just like I like it because it doesn't mean anything. It's fun to say. So. It also works for me. For knowing you, though, I also like Raspberry. Yeah? Yeah. It like, it's like a retro fit for you. Maybe I'll, I'll bring it back. <laughs> Except every time I try to make a profile on a new like website or something, it's always taken. Yeah. Everything I've ever used is but taken. But Razadupe isn't? I imagine If Razz-a-dupe. I get in there fast. But like on, on the Wii U, on Miiverse, I was Putazar, which is Razadupe backwards. <laughs> Because that was taken. Yeah. And then people being like, "Oh, I just played Splatoon with you." I'm like, "No, you didn't." No, you no, you didn't. Sorry, no, you pal. Didn't. <laughs> Sorry to let you down. <laughs> so don't take my name, people. Don't do it. It's mine. Yeah. You come up with your own silly name that doesn't mean anything. Yeah.
1: Or hey, if you're gonna do a Barry impression, you better be doing it good.
0: Thanks for listening, everybody, and see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.